It's Boomer and Geo on the fan and the CBS Sports Network. And Greg Giannotti, it's Boomerang Geo on the fans, simulcast across the country on CBS Sports Network. And wherever you are, the free Odyssey app. Good Monday morning, an entire weekend with no Aaron Rodgers news. He talked to Brandon Marshall for five seconds. You got nothing out of that. I cannot believe I am sitting here right now at six o'clock with a no Aaron Rodgers answer, which makes Jet fans freak out even more. And it has to happen before noon today. It has to, because people will say that free agency starts Wednesday. Well, that's when it officially starts, but the free agent tampering period starts today at noon, where you're going to see players flying around all over the place with contracts. And if the Jets don't know if Aaron Rodgers is coming by today at noon, that's a big problem for the Jets. We've got some NCAA tournament. Rangers got five out of six points on the road trip. The Knicks won a big one that they needed last night. We will get to all of it. Huge trade in the NFL, too, after we got off the air on Friday. We got a jam-packed Monday. Good morning, Boomer. How are you? Yo, good morning, G. Uh, a couple things. Number one, the Knicks needed that win yesterday, and Julius Randle needed that win yeah. yesterday, and he did bounce back. I mean, a guy who's, uh, you know, trying to curtail his... Uh, his um, technical foul problems yeah. and his emotions on the court this year, and we all have lauded him for that. He snapped on Saturday, completely snapped, and I mean it was ugly, and it just it kind of it kind of does show you, and I think we all know, everybody knows this, that this is Jalen Brunson's team, and when he's out there running it, everybody you know acts as if you know the way they're supposed to act, and uh, I know Julius was that that game was rough. That game was like a hockey game. I mean, there was a lot. There were fouls all over the place, and I probably would be upset as well. I mean, he's into the game. There's no question about that. But uh, yesterday proved that he's able to put that performance and that those actions behind him, and then come out and lead his team to victory without Jalen Brunson yet again. Yeah. So that that was a huge win for the Knicks yesterday, as you said. The Rangers won five out of the six on a three game road trip. They they still have not, they still just don't look right. They they still are trying to figure it out. Gerard Galant is changing all the lines. Washington comes in and beats the Islanders. The Penguins are a pain in the ass. The Capitals are a pain in the ass. The Devils beat the Hurricanes last night. That is a huge win for them. I mean, there's a million things going on. And the biggest screw job, I wouldn't say an NCAA tournament basketball history, took place on yesterday, on Sunday, when Rutgers didn't make it in to the tournament, which is shocking to all of us. Right, yes. That's right. <laughs> And you know what? Seth Davis said it yesterday, and I, yeah. and I believe it too. I, you know, I, I saw those kids up close and personal mm-hmm. way back when in December. And then when they trounced my University of Maryland Terrapins, who did make it and who will be playing West Virginia, and if they win that game, you know who they got next? Most likely Alabama because they're the number one oh. seed waiting to play. Oh. Look at this. We're going to be big, big Terps fans at that point. I mean, come on, man. I, I, but we always get screwed. But normally, normally the what happens the University of Maryland, we get sent out west. We have to go play like in Provo or somewhere. <laughs> you know what I mean? But at least we're only going to Birmingham right in the backyard of Alabama. And I don't know if you've seen some of the controversy around Alabama and some of the Alabama fans and what they're wearing, these yes, t-shirts. right. Yeah, the, the the one guy that was in the stands, it was like, we, we killed the conference or something like that. We're was, murdering our way all the way to the right. national yes, championship. Yeah, that's right. Yes. Yep, that's unbelievable. Yeah, so there's still a lot of controversy around that team, but, you know, that team is really good. But 
I, I feel bad for Rutgers. I, I really felt like they were going to make it. You look at their resume. Uh, I, I know you, you feel like they lost to Nebraska and they lost to Minnesota, and that was probably the reason why they didn't make it. But at the end of the day, you know, the Big Ten is a beast. Sure. I mean, you know, you come out of there and you're you're right there in the log jam with everybody else. Almost everybody in the in the league, with the exception of three teams, have the same record. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I could break down every first four in, first four out. But every expert that I read going into this thing, there was only one, and I probably looked at ten. There was one of them that did not have Rutgers in. The rest of them either had them in or had them in the play-in games. And as you mentioned, it's Seth Davis right away once the bracket was out goes, I had Rutgers in this field. So it's it's frustrating for Rutgers. They should have been in there. Obviously, back in 2020 when they made the tournament, the whole thing got canceled. So you know now they're going to be a one seed in the NIT, and they're going to have to. Uh, it's, it's an opportunity for them. You know, you got this is some pride situation, yeah, yeah, but they, they should have been in for sure. I, but that I, Minnesota loss with the blowing a 10 point lead with a minute and a half to go on a last second shot, that yes. probably did it for him. I know. I, I, but I always wait for Seth to, to give his points of view because nobody eats, sleeps, and drinks college basketball more than Seth Davis. Yeah. <laughs> Every time I see him, it's like, you know, this is what's going on here. This is what's going on there. And the, first, the one, moment I heard him say that it was surprising to him that Rutgers didn't make it, that's all I need to hear. Sure. Uh, because because that's, I, I just, you know, it's, it's a shame. Because I feel bad for Jerry. Now, the interesting thing is they're in the NIT. And who are they hosting? Hofstra. <laughs> are you going to go to the game on uh, Tuesday? I mean, it's at the rack. It's you just... got to go, man. Hofstra, man, oh, man. Down at the rack, 7 o'clock. That's going to be tough. It's late, I know. But you got to go. <laughs> You got I, I, and you know what? And, and Marco Battaglia and uh, Jerry and everybody take one of your, you know, your flunkies with you, oh and uh, you know, you'll have a great time. I'm telling you, I know it's going to be really disappointing, you know, for both teams because I think both teams felt like they had a really good shot. And of course, Hofstra loses, but yeah. you know, and they you have to win that conference in order to get in. But man, you got. I mean, it's still a local matchup, which yeah. gives a little bit of juice to it, a little bit of excitement to it. Have you ever been to the rack? I have not been to the rack. Yeah, no. I don't know how the fans will be for this game. I mean, you know, maybe they won't be as uh, as intense as they would be for a Big Ten game. But, you know, this, I, I believe Steve Peichel and his team deserve the support from the fans. I'm sure they'll come out and yeah. support it. But the fact that it's a local uh, you know, and they and they could lose the Hofstra. You know, Speedy well, Claxton's got those kids playing. No, absolutely, and and the the fact that they've got the experience and Aaron Estrada at the point guard who's been there for a very long time and is a great scorer. That's always dangerous in tournament situations. But I mean, Rutgers obviously is a heavy favorite in this spot. Yeah, but, but you, you never go. know. I, I, I swear, you got to go. I feel like you got to go. I got to feel like I got to make that happen. Oh, I feel like goodness. you, as as Mr. Rutger, I mean Mr. Hofstra, you got to go. Well, I mean, I did coach a game this year, and I did I mean, coach I'm, them to victory. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So, all right. I'm not going to rule it out. I'll talk okay. to Jerry about logistics. Yeah. About that. All right. And then we will see. All right. So let me ask you this question. Yeah. So there's, a, and we're going to stay in college basketball just for a second. Okay. Um, Rick Pitino, Iona, great. They're mm-hmm. in. The, they're in the tournament, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. It's great. And, Playing UConn, right? All right. Yeah. So do you want? You're, you're a St. John's guy. You love St. John's. You and BT love St. John's. I'm uh-huh. sure you would love to have Rick Pitino. Uh, 100%. And I understand the checkered pass. Trust me, I am not putting that uh, aside and, and saying that it didn't happen and there's a lot of things in his closet, whatever. But St. John's is at this critical point in their history. Let me ask you a question. What? All right, checkered pass, history, whatever. Okay, but he's coaching for a college basketball No, team. he is. Exactly. If he's coaching for Iona and he's won the way he has won the last two years there, and, you know, according to him, it's all about having a chance to win. Now, I don't know 
what what exactly that means in regards to St. John's? Well, as we've seen, any team can really make a run in the NCAA tournament. Are you going to be like a one seed, like a North Carolina in a good year, a Duke in a good year, a Kansas? I mean, probably not. But a winning in New York with St. John's would be just tremendous if he turned that that uh, program around. If they ended up like the ceiling for them could be, you know, something like a four or five seed in the tournament and then wreaking some havoc. I mean, that, that would be awesome. And that would mean that the program was back. They need him. They desperately need him. And they're finally willing to pay somebody the big money to get them in because they're tired of being stomped over all the time. And he knows the president very well there. Yes. Wasn't the president of Providence before I, this? I believe so, yes. Right, so yeah. they know each other very well. Now, I know Texas Tech is going to come after him hot and heavy. Well, everybody. I think Georgetown was involved, too. I think Georgetown as well. I mean, I don't know. I, I hate to do this to the kids at I but because they've had such a great two-year run here, yeah. And I, I gotta, I gotta say, like just the simple, this the simple nature of just winning, regardless if it's Division One, which which I own is, of course, but or a major team. I think winning is the key thing, right? And when he says that, is he sending a message to these teams? Like, what does he think it takes to win? Yeah, well, support. Oh, my support. Financially. Yeah, not just his contract. Right. It's everything else around his contract. Well, listen, I, I talked to Chris Mullen at length after his tenure ended. And one of the and he loved it there, and he didn't say a bad word. But one of the things that he talked about was the support in the facilities, and then he sometimes they just they needed a little bit more there. And he found himself like fixing some of the stuff, like he'd go in there with his own toolbox and like fix something in the bathroom. And he's like, "What's going on here? Yeah, a little more support here financially." You got a Hall of Fame basketball player, right? A Hall of Fame, a Hall of Fame yeah. basketball player mm-hmm. who's. Kind of doing that for his alma mater. Yeah. I mean, that kind of makes you feel pretty good about that. Right? Yeah, I mean, sure. It makes me feel pretty good about it. It's like a pretty cool story. It, it is a cool story. But his point was, I think, that, you know, if you want to be a big boy, you got to act like it throughout the entire program. So, you know, just the other, the, other, the other part of this whole thing is to, you know, stars that come out of these colleges don't always make great coaches, as Patrick Ewing mm-hmm. uh, showed at Georgetown. I would think. Out of all these teams that have money, at all these colleges that have money, you got to believe that Georgetown has got a ton of do re me just sitting there waiting to write somebody a big check and also, you know, support them off, you know, support them off the court to be able to recruit. Yeah, but do they, like if a Texas Tech wanted to get involved oh, with Rick Pitino, nobody can compete with that. Like Georgetown St. John's can't compete with but that. But does, does, does. Rick Pitino really want to go to Texas Tech? Love I mean, it. he's got a house right here yeah. on Wingfoot. Right. No, Come I know. on. I mean, I, I would love to take you up there one day. Wingfoot? Yes. And you got to see the setup. And God, he's got, got a house the, right there? Yeah, but it's not a mansion or anything. It's a really beautiful, kind of just a really nice house. And it sits right on, I think it's either the third or fourth, fourth hole, I think. Yeah. And it is the, the par four. I, I forget which number it is, but... It's just really, like, it's tasteful. You know what I mean? It's just, like, perfect. It's like your house in Save. A little tasteful. It's right, very exactly. tasteful. Very nice. Fits you know, into the neighborhood. It's not ostentatious. Right. It's just like the, if you were going to live on Wingfoot, this is the house. That's the want. house. Yeah, I mean, for him. Location, location, location. Yeah. At this point, do you think that it's all about the money for Rick Patino? Because if it's not, winning at St. John's should be the draw. But if Texas Tech throws... I don't know, five million, six million a year at them, and when, at him? Yeah, when he says he wants to coach six more years, yeah, then, then it's about money. 
Yeah, so then he's going to go to a big. He's going to go to one of the uh, Power Five uh, conferences. Then he has I mean, to. I, you know, again, like I think about this. So you know, Justin Verlander came to the Mets. Mm-hmm. Patrick came. Patrick Kane wanted to come to the the Rangers, so he's here now. Yeah, you have you have two first ballot bona fide Hall of Famers, two of the greatest that have ever played their positions playing for New York teams. You know, hopefully Brett Favre is going to want to do well, that for the Jets. Well, Aaron Rodgers, yeah. I mean, Aaron, God, I keep saying Brett Favre. Aaron Rodgers is going to do that for the Jets, which I do believe is going to happen. And the other thing would be Rick Pitino staying and taking St. John's to another level. Yeah. Think about that. But can you put St. John's in that same conversation as pro teams around here? Why well, not? Because, well, I'll tell you why. Because they've got a history of not spending enough money to get things done. I mean, that's why. I mean, Steve Cohen's going to get get it done. Woody Johnson said he's there's, that we're spending money. We're well, going to get this way, done. And by the way, Woody Johnson is spending money, so Jeff fans understand this. Anytime these teams convert these contracts to signing bonuses yeah. to reduce the salary cap, those checks get written immediately. Yeah. So that's that's the owner putting his money up and saying, here, we're giving three guys new con well, not new contracts, revised contracts, but they're going to be in the form of signing bonuses to reduce the salary cap hit so we can absorb some some new salary. Now they signed Quincy Williams. Yep. So that was a good signing. I, I, I still think that they're gonna get rid of uh Corey Davis, like I was telling you the last couple of weeks, that they still have a lot of mach- there's a lot of machinations to go through within their own contracts and their own players. And you saw what uh, um, uh, Deron Payne got for Washington. Yes, now we know what Quinn, Quinn and Williams is going to get. Right. He's going to get more than that. Yeah, well, he's this Deron Payne's now the second highest paid defensive tackle in football only to Aaron Donald. He'll be third. Yeah, because and Quinn, and William- Quinn and Williams yeah. gets his deal. Right, and you know, and then there will be other deals that are coming. You know, the Joe the Joe Burrow deal is going to be coming. The Justin Herbert deal is going to be coming. Jalen Hurts. The Jalen Hurts deal is going to be coming, and it's going to be huge. And we we're still not really sure where Lamar Jackson's headed, but you know, I, I still think. That if you had Rick Pitino coming to St. John's, that that's Verlant. Well, it's even more so than that because Rick's from here. Yeah, you know he's he he's he's a lifelong New Yorker, and he is so set up perfectly. Not making a lot of money, but good money, and he's winning, and he has a chance to pull an upset. You never know. Yeah, I, if he really wants to think about legacy after things that happened in his past, there's one thing that I think could wash away all of that, and that's legitimately winning at St. John's. So if he's going to go for the dollars, which I can't blame anybody for going for the dollars unless you're going to live, but if you go (laughs) after the money, that's fine if he wants to go to Texas Tech or a Power 5 conference, but if he really wants to change the whole narrative around his career, go and win at St. John's. And people forget about all that crap. You know, it's another weird story in, in college basketball. We know about the Texas Tech story and how that coach you know makes a just a really bad comment to one of his players so he's out that's why texas mm-hmm. tech but then you you take a look at what texas is doing yeah now chris beard he gets fired because according to the texas university officials after he was arrested for domestic violence which by the way all the charges that were dropped yeah um he he basically was unfit to coach the team so you know rodney terry takes over as the interim Head coach there. Yeah, now they're a two seed, and now they're a two seed, and they win the and they win the conference. Right, and Shaka Smart, who was there for many years and floundered, has now got Marquette as a two seed there in, in, in the other region. So I mean, it's it's sort of funny that the the whole Texas situation has been bizarre with coaches. Right. So my 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 warning to Rick Pitino was, you know, if you want to go down there into that stuff, yeah, you know, 
uh, they better pay you a lot of money, and I'm sure they would, and I'm sure his agent would be all over that, and they'd, they'd make sure that they would support him and they would pay him a lot of money. But, man, it would be nice to see him either stay here at either one of these two schools. Well, you've had a relationship with him because he's been very kind to the foundation yeah, in the past. Very kind. He has, you know, brother-in-law Billy Minardi passed away on 9-11. Uh, you know, all my friends, I knew Billy. Yeah. Everybody was up there on the 105th floor, so... Uh, every he's one of the few uh, celebrities that has actually come to one of my foundation events and and handed me a personal check. Wow, him yeah. and Troy Aikman. Wow, those are the two. Yep, and you don't forget that. Never forget that. Yeah, so send him a text. Feel like it has to happen. I know BT's been campaigning on Twitter every single day, and Patino this, Patino that. Send him a text. It would be great. No, I'm not going to do that. Oh, come on, got to recruit. I, mean, I, 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 I think it would be great if he stays at Iona or he. Basically, goes to St. John's. Either one. And I saw that Speedy Claxton's name was in there. If Patino doesn't come to St. John's, that's someone they would talk to, even though he got a big contract extension. I don't think he wants to leave there just yet. Just yet. Yeah. Another, another couple years, man. Yeah, yeah. Put him really back on the map, which he's in the process. I wonder if, I wonder if he, now, you think he'd be, he wouldn't be a candidate for Georgetown, right? No, I don't think so. Not not, not big yeah. enough. Not a big enough name for them right now. He needs a couple more years. Here's the thing: if he had taken them to the tournament and he had won a game or gotten to the Sweet Sixteen, then anybody would have hired him. But they just fell a little bit short. But he'll get him there. Kind of feel like he's on the trajectory of Steve Peichel. Yeah, and and also, I mean, you think about a guy who you know played in the NBA that really really helps recruiting was on a roster with Steph Curry. You know what that means to kids these days. So. If he gets that team into the tournament, it's going to be tough to keep him at Hofstra. But he's there now, and they got a matchup with Rutgers tomorrow night. And you got to go tomorrow night. Yeah, floor seats. Uh, maybe I'll coach again. All right, it's Boomer and Geo on the fan at CBS Sports Network. We got Jerry Reco on an update coming up in just a couple of minutes. We will continue to refresh Twitter all morning long to find out if Aaron Rodgers finally says yes to the Jets. Geo on the fan and CBS Sports Network. We've got Jerry Recco here. He's got an update for us. Of course, he was waiting with bated breath to see if Rutgers had made it into the field of 68 yesterday, and it did not happen. That means they are a one seed in the NIT. At what point, Jerry, when you were watching this thing unfold, did you say, this is not looking good for Rutgers? Uh, not till the very end when the uh, the last 11 seed was Providence. announced and it wasn't them. Yeah, it was Providence. Yep. And then I believe Seth Davis said at that point, he's like, if you're a bubble team and you see Providence up there and yep. you're not Providence, then you're probably not getting in. Correct. Yeah, and then once the first four were announced as well, that was another one where I was like, mm. Yeah, I mean, I was I was actually happy that they weren't in the first four. Yeah. Um, because it would have been fine, but it would have been a mess of a week. Right. And then, you know, talking to people after they won on Thursday over Michigan, it seemed like that they were in. Yeah. And then, you know, they got all these bracketages, a million of these guys. And the one of the metrics they were looking at, they were looking at, had they were in on like 110 out of 113 of them. Yeah. Like like in, not even the playing game. So I'm like, all right, it's going to be an 11 seed. And it wasn't. Yeah, it didn't happen. But. Guess what, man? I got in my car on uh, Friday and turned on 880 and I got the whole game. The Did Purdue you? game. Yes. Nice. That was a great game. Those kids played their asses yes, off. Yes, they did. See, like, you watch that. You If you, I was just listening to you guys. I didn't watch any of it. But listening to you guys. First of all, the last two minutes are insane. I mean, like, enough with the timeouts and the replays and everything. It just completely bogs down the game. It does. Number two, you guys did a great job. And number three, you would think playing against Purdue that well, 
even though you know it was a tight loss. Yeah, that very. game was tight. Yeah, so, was five points at the end. And by the way, Rutgers had to play back-to-back games, and you know the intensity in these games are crazy. Yeah, that that in itself should have said they should have been in, and they won at Purdue. Yeah, January second as they well. They should have been in just by virtue of that performance on Friday against Purdue. Yeah, well, yeah. I thought so too. You got screwed, and that was not the case. Are you mad? So, of course. I mean, you want to you want to be part of this. I of mean, course. really mad. I mean, I, I don't get really I, mad about anything, but I mean, well, it's disappointing. It's very probably, disappointing. Yeah. What do you mean you don't get mad at everything? I think you get mad. Not really. We've seen you blow up here. Yeah, but within five minutes, it's over. You it move is. On. I don't remember the last time I've seen Jerry mad now that he's saying that. Probably the fraud, fraud thing was the last time. Yes. It was years ago. And then now. we continued and finished the show and everything was fine. Yeah. I can't remember like a mad Jerry. Matter of fact, I actually think we went to break and had a conversation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. About his dog. <laughs> I don't even think. Yeah. I think Jerry's right about that. I think that Jerry is has not been mad. He's not I'm a not mad. Really. Very disappointed, though. Yeah, this is a disappointment. I'm not mad. I'm disappointed. This is really disappointing. No kidding, moron face. <laughs> not. Just listen. Get the wax out of your ears, you ass. <laughs> Yeah, I think you've been wow. mad more than you realize. That's not and mad, I, I thought you were going to have one of those moments yesterday when they didn't get uh, selected. No, I was waiting all day. I couldn't wait for 6 o'clock. For real. I'm, I'm Here we go. Uh, they do the one stuff. I'm like, oh, my God, we got to do a commercial. Okay. Yeah. And then they do another uh, commercial again. I'm like, oh, there's only 25% of the bracket left. Like, let's go. <laughs> right in the ass. <laughs> yeah, that's what happened, Jerry. <laughs> I suppose, yes. Yeah. I suppose. But you know what? In fairness, had they... Finish the game at Minnesota, this probably wouldn't even be the case. Yeah. I hate to say that, but that's probably true. All right, Jerry, what's happening uh, happening in sports? We are brought to you by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. We're also brought to you by Edison Heating and Cooling. Since we're talking about the college basketball, do that quickly. Um, I'll just give you one from Steve Peichel about not making the NCAA tournament. Uh, We know they'll play Hofstra in the NIT tomorrow night. This was Peichel yesterday after getting the news. Tough day. Um... You know, our goal every year is to go to the NCAA tournament and uh, felt like we certainly did enough. Um, it's a tough job the selection committee has, and fortunately they felt like um, it wasn't good enough. And so Rutgers-Hofstra tomorrow night at uh, Jersey Mike's Arena. Rutgers is the one seed in their side of the bracket. Uh, meantime, you've got locally, so you got Fairley Dickinson playing game Wednesday night against Texas Southern. you got Princeton, who won the Ivy League. Uh, they'll play Arizona Thursday, and then it's UConn and Iona. So if you're Rick Pitino, Mike Anderson gets fired. Here come the questions. Uh, he was asked, so what's going on with you at Iona, St. John's? Where are we going here? I don't know. I'm going to... I wanted... At the time, we, there was talk about a, a, an extension, new contract, and so on. It didn't work out. But that doesn't mean uh, there's no hard feelings. Uh, if anything, it's the opposite. There are great feelings. Sounds like he's gone. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> so we'll see. Uh, time will tell. See how long they last. Again, UConn, pretty good team this year, as we know. Alabama, Houston, Kansas, and Purdue are the one seeds in the tournament. NBA-wise, the Knicks lost to the Clippers on Saturday. Come back last Last night, late take on the Lakers, and uh, they get the job done. Schroeder dribbling, back to Russell. Five, Russell throws it away, right to Hartenstein. Here come the Knicks on a run out, slam dunk, OB Pop. <laughs> 103-96. John Ireland had had enough at that point on Lakers radio. Knicks I'll, I'll win 112-108. What, man, the yeah. bench played well in this game. You know, I, I didn't obviously see it, I didn't stay up for this game, but... What you know, reading about it afterwards, and then watching some of these highlights, 
I mean, everybody that came off the bench, the four guys that come off the bench, all were, you know, plus, uh, you know, uh, when they were on the, and I think plus in double figures, too, but that's a good thing. Getting the job done. Julius Randle had 33, R.J. Barrett with 30, Barrett on ESPN, big difference from the Clipper game. Yeah, you know, yesterday in the beginning of the fourth, we came out kind of flat. So tonight, we just wanted to put the pressure on them right at the beginning of the fourth, you know, build a lead, and we did that. And so with that, the Knicks 40 and 30, and I believe they clinched a um, uh, over 500 record on the road. So pretty impressive there with the win over the Lakers. They snap a three-game slide. As for the Nets, uh, they've made it five wins in six games. They went to Denver. They beat Jokic and the Nuggets. A minute 48 to go in the game. Nets a one-point lead. Dinwiddie out of the right. Pretty spit the three. It's good! The fifth three of the game for Dorian Finney-Smith. It's up by four. And that was Chris Carino with the call here on the fan. The Nets beat the Nuggets late, 122-120. They had seven players in double figures, led by Mikhail Bridges, who had 25. Nick Claxton, 20. And Spencer Dinwiddie, 15 points, 16 assists. Here was Royce O'Neal talk about beating the top team in the other conference. Like you said, the number one team in the West. Uh, great team. They play really hard. Uh, I think just us. Yeah, the haircut. <laughs> Either that or he's at the airport. I'm not really sure. That's, that's the audio we have. What can I tell you? So with the win, the Nets go to 39 and 29. There were a lot of plays down the stretch where there were no fouls called, or there were fouls called, excuse me, on the Nets and none called on Denver, which actually hurt Denver because they were trying to do a foul to give, but it was still a side out for the Nets. But the Nets get the win by two. They've won five out of their last six. Meantime, the Sixers hammered the Wizards. Joel Embiid had 34. Cavaliers over the Hornets, 114-108. So you still have Cleveland sitting at four. And uh, the Sixers sitting at three, Nets five, Knicks six, but uh, pretty much even in terms of where they are games behind. Just the Nets have played two fewer games. All right, we get to the NFL. So here we go. We got the tampering period begins today. Now, Sunday, the Jets did sign linebacker Quincy Williams, three years, $18 million. But the waiting game continues for this Aaron Rodgers guy. Here was Rodgers on the I Am Athlete podcast with Brandon Marshall. Be patient, my son. I think it won't be long. There's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a time, there's a time limit for all this. Yeah, when I decide. You know, well, it's not right. so much that. There's, there's a lot of contract issues with Green Bay and everything else. They all got to kind of wade through all of that and how it impacts each team's salary cap. And, you know, again, I, I am not backing off. He's going to be the quarterback of the Jets this year. Okay, so that was, that happened yesterday or Saturday? I that was Saturday. Saturday. I that was Saturday. That was Saturday. Right. So and it came out yesterday morning after they edited it and everything else. And this was at a football camp that he was Correct. involved in. Right. Right? A charity football camp right. with Brandon Marshall. Yes. All right, because I think those things are important. Because Brandon know. Marshall referred to himself as an all-time great Jet. He did. Yeah, yeah, he did. He did. Aaron Rodgers like it. for one year? Like, How could you be an all-time great for one year? Well, look at the numbers. Yeah. Everybody's, you know, look at the numbers. <laughs> yeah, no, that, was, that was fun seeing that at the, least. But if you'd like to hear it, that's 30 seconds. Okay, sure. Here, this is that. I'm breaking news, especially with the Jets, because I'm like, I feel like I'm an all-time Jet. That's, that's just fair, right? The Jet can break the news. You're an all-time Jet? Yeah. How many years Check your numbers. It doesn't I'm, matter. I think he was a bear. Not, not about numbers. I'm an all-time Jet, too. That's what I'm saying. I'm an all-time Jet, too. I'm not saying you are. I agree, you are. Just like you're an all-time Packer, you can be an all-time Jet. 
down on the it's not if you only play one year, you can't be an Yes, you can. Absolutely. Numbers don't lie. You can't be, check the numbers when you get there. Organizations have history, right? And it's about the people that made those organizations. So you're telling me I played two years for the Jets. That doesn't count. No, it does. You were part of the history of the organization. Okay, great. So I just think it's your event. I'm here. <laughs> oh, wow. Right. I mean, it was good. But, you know, he could probably say he's an all-time Bear, he's an all-time Bronco, the whole yeah. thing. Yeah. I mean, how about, like, let's not make this about you, Brandon. <laughs> trying to get him to answer the question. But I do like the fact that he was recruiting him. Yeah, with that for sure. Good. For sure. I like the quote from the uh, the Packer president. Yeah, it was Mark basically Murphy, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, I women's... guess if he comes back, okay. But... What was that, like a high school women's basketball game or something? I think his daughter's surprise are. Yeah, but the, to give that interview in that spot was incredible. Pretty wild, yes. Because we hadn't heard from him at all. Right. And then all of a sudden, he's just like, yeah, if, we, if it doesn't work out the way we want it to, then we're going to have to see if Aaron wants to come back. But he, they basically said they're done. Yeah, that's what it sounds like, yes. Uh, the Giants giving Sterling Shepard a one-year deal. The Rams trading Jalen Ramsey to Miami for a third-round draft pick and tight end Hunter Long. Derek Carr met the media, I think this was Saturday. If not, it was Friday afternoon. Uh, makes it very clear he is not trying to be Drew Brees. He's going to be himself, and hopefully things work out in New Orleans. I'm not coming here trying to be Drew Brees. You know, that, that man is a Hall of Fame quarterback. You know, I'm, I'm coming here to be Derek Carr, you know. And um, I, I have so much respect for him, though, as a player. Yeah, you know, the thing about it is, if Derek Carr would have come to the Jets, he would have been a Hall of Famer. <laughs> Apparently, according to the Jets, that's what the Jets say. It's all about Da and him. Dennis Allen. Dennis yes, Allen. Yes, Da. Yes, yes. Uh, spring baseball. Mets lost to the Rays ten four. Along the way, Starling Marte got hit in the head by a fastball. Here was Buck Showalter. How is he doing? It's good. They uh, did a lot of tests on him. Uh, doesn't show any signs of a concussion. We'll see how he feels tomorrow. May, may have gotten lucky. We'll see. I hope so. That's yeah. why you wear a helmet. That is why you wear a helmet. Remember the guys used to get up there without helmets? Well, they were 1930s. guys. Thirties? <laughs> no, no, no. There were guys. Well, I remember being a kid. And there, there were In guys. Seventies. They weren't yeah. wearing helmets. There were some guys who go up there without helmets. Really. Al, you're a seventies baseball expert. Do you remember that? No helmets in the seventies. I. I mm. I'm I remember more eighties. Oh, okay. So maybe in the seventies. I remember the helmets thing. without the ear flaps. Yeah, that. I do remember those, that. Yeah, I'm not saying you're wrong. I don't remember that. But I then thought again, it was I the late born. '60s that that went out, but I'm not sure. I don't know. I felt like it was, I felt like I. Well, maybe it was the late '60s, but I, you know, I'm, before you know it, they're going to be putting these guys in like motorcycle helmets or the cage. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what are you going to do? It's, it's baseball. Right. There's a risk. There's a risk in everything. I actually don't know why they don't wear those. To be the quite whole honest. cage face thing. But face players aren't going to want to wear well, those. Be, I mean, and goalies didn't want to wear helmets. Goalies didn't want to wear helmets, and hockey players didn't want to well, wear helmets. But you wanted to wear helm the helmets. The moment that uh, Stan Mikita had a curve uh, blade, and all of a sudden he was starting to lift the puck. And right, we've got guys breaking. Oh, I need a face mask. And we got right. guys breaking faces with fastballs hitting them in the in the cheekbone. But they were they were all the guards and everything. They got so much stuff on them. Some of them look like offensive linemen. Who batters? Not yet. I mean, they got do the you jaw see guard. Some of the stuff that's going on the arms and everything. Not as much shoulders. anymore. That was, like Bonds. Yeah, that Bonds was like the last one to have all that stuff. He was like Robo player. Yeah, and they had the stuff on the legs too. If they hit it off the shin, correct. Well, I could see that a lot because that that does happen a lot for especially lefties. Uh, Yankees, Twins today, Mets, Marlins today. WBC Mexico beat the U.S. eleven five. Rangers played the Penguins yesterday. Yeah, this was kicking a, our ass <laughs> all over the place, all over the place. every yeah. category. Yes. Two two game into overtime. Broken across to Latang. 
Here's Crosby. Back across to Malkin. Letang. That was Kenny Albert on TNT. Penguins get right the yes. winner. <laughs> From Chris Letang. They beat the Rangers 3-2 uh, to two with the overtime loss. The Blue Shirts 37-19-10. Meantime, the Devils shut out the Hurricanes 4 nothing. Yes, Bratt with two goals. Jack Hughes scores. Uh, and Let me tell you, this Jack Hughes is unbelievable, saves. man. He's, He's pretty good. Great player. And by the way, they are tied for first place now in the that. Metro. They played one less game than the Canes. But there's a good chance that they can end up, the way that they're playing, they can end up with uh, the number one seed on this side of the bracket. Right. And if that's the case, then it's not going to be the Rangers. It could be which the is, Islanders. Which is mm. you, when you don't want to see the Rangers. It, it could be the Islanders. It what do you mean be, you don't want to see the Rangers? Didn't you say you didn't want to see Devils, Rangers in the first round? I, I mean, it, 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 would, be, it yeah. would be great for this around right. here. But in the second round would be better. But then that would mean the Rangers would end up having, if things stay the way they are and the Devils move ahead of the Canes, that means the Rangers would have to play the Canes. Well, they all, don't they own them? I, I kind of feel like they play well against them. Yeah, there's no question about it. But right now, the Rangers are just all over the place. I mean, these last three games, they've, they've taken the five points, which is, you know, which is important. CeeLo said the most unimpressive five points yeah, in three games that you'll see. Yeah, because because Gallant is trying to figure out who to play with who. Just listen to Eddie Olchek, man. Just put Patrick Kane with Mika and with uh, Kreider. And Mika's got to start shooting again. Like, he's trying to make everybody happy by giving them passes. <laughs> Shoot it! Still got some time to figure it out. Come on, Mika, I love you. Shoot the puck. Let's go. Next hour, we're going to roll some video and audio of the worst called strike three you've ever seen. Uh, I've heard. seen that. Uh, was and in golf, your guy, Scotty Scheffler, yeah. wins the Players' Championship going to win by five shots yep. uh, on Sunday. Yeah, he ran away with it, and it's fun. He's at the top of the game, man. He is the guy right now, 100%. All right, Boomer and Geo coming to you live from the Built Ford Tough Studio. Burr and Geo on the fan and CBS Sports Network. We did have big NFL news when we got off the air on Friday, but it was not Aaron Rodgers. It was the big trade between the Bears and the Panthers for the number one overall pick. And I think the Chicago Bears did absolutely amazing with that deal. With all the picks that they got back, swapping one for nine, getting a 2024 first round pick, getting DJ Moore back in the deal, who obviously has been a very, very productive player for a long time. Uh, so they did an amazing job with the haul for the number one pick in a draft where there isn't even a consensus number one quarterback that is coming out. So I'm sure... Then we're going to find out from Boomer before everybody else who they're going to draft because Frank Reich yeah, is the yeah, coach he, of the Panthers. Yeah, he called me this week and told me, yeah. Did he? Of course not. Oh, okay. Of course not. Well, you got to find um, that out. I, I can give you an educated guess of what I think is going to happen. But I will say this. You know, you, you got to take into account, you know, Frank does have influence, of course. He's the yeah. one that knows the quarterbacks. He is the one that Philadelphia sent to North Dakota State to go meet Carson Wentz. And I'll never forget him coming back. From North Dakota State on his way to the airport, I believe, telling me, you know, Boomer, I don't understand why more people don't understand how great Carson Wentz can be. Now, early on in his career, he turned, he had that trajectory that he was taking off. He was going to be the MVP the year that they win the Super Bowl. And he hurt himself. And he gets hurt against the Rams. So they saw a kid, or Frank saw a kid, met a kid that he really, really liked. And that's when Philadelphia ended up trading up to the number two spot to get him. Because they knew that Jared Goff was going to go to the, the Rams before that. So uh, I have to say that, you know, Frank knows what he's doing. Frank knows exactly 
the type of I know the type of player Frank wants. I know that. Now, whether or not the GM, Scott Fitterer, who made this trade, wants that same type of player, I don't know. Now, Fitterer came from, he was out in Seattle. Okay. So he was a part of that team when they won the Super Bowl with Russell Wilson. And Russell Wilson is, how would you characterize him in terms of size? Well, he's a short stature. All right, so he has seen a short quarterback mm. win in this league, which, who fits that moniker? Bryce Young. Right, so, and Bryce Young, everybody says, outside of his, outside of his size, is like ready to rock and roll. He's, he's all in, he's football, he's smart, he's got the football IQ, he can extend plays. Uh, he's got a great arm and he's really accurate. Now, if I if 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 he were six foot three and he had the girth of a CJ Stroud, I would say that that would be Frank's number one guy. Sure, because I know what Frank likes, and you know Frank likes a big quarterback. And remember, I was thick old, legs, thick legs, and you know like a strong body and a and a great base. And he also wants a guy that's highly accurate. So that kind of makes me think that Anthony Richardson's not in, involved in this. And Will Levis is not involved in this. This comes down to C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young. And you have a GM that, is, uh, that has seen and been around a smaller quarterback that has made plays. And you have a coach that prefers a larger physical stature player that has good accuracy, great leadership skills, and somebody who also uh, is... You know, really loves the game of football, and and that fits C.J. Stroud. Yeah, and the reports were that after the combine is when the Panthers had made this decision to trade up. C.J. Stroud was at the combine. Bryce Young was not. Well, so Bryce was there. He just didn't, didn't throw. He didn't throw. Yeah, he didn't throw. But but they got a chance to meet each guy. Yeah, now, I will tell you this: that Bill O'Brien, the new offensive coordinator for the New England Patriots, who was with Alabama the last few years, absolutely would die on a sword for Bryce Young. You know, loves Bryce Young. Yeah. Well, so does Nick Saban. He was saying that right. people are talking about how small he is. Think about the SEC that he played in where he had a tremendous I mean, amount of success. There's NFL players all over the place. He's either going one or two. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, I mean, like, it's not like you... I guess they all want to be number one. Of course, I wanted to be number one. I thought I was going to be number one. But, you know, I fell to 38. So, mm -hmm. I'm going to tell you. It just <laughs> happens. Yeah. So, um, either one of these two guys, if Carol now, Carolina is also floating out there that they may not stay there. That they have now like 46 days to evaluate all these different quarterbacks. And this, these are the things that Scott Fitterer is saying. They're a general manager. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens. But I, if I had to make an educated guess about what Frank likes in a quarterback and the characteristics, C.J. Stroud checks all of those boxes, as they say. Well, the Panthers are going to send smoke screens out there because I believe this is one of the NFL conspiracy theories I believe in. The NFL does not want everybody to know who the number one overall pick is, so there's going to be lots of crap that is out there, and we're not going to really know until the day of who they're going to pick because it takes a lot of drama out of it, right. especially and when there's multiple quarterbacks at the top. You don't know think they'll go back and they'll meet with these two top-end quarterbacks and they'll sit down with them again. You know, and and really try to get to know who they are because that's a big that's a big component of this. Yeah, they they may feel like it could be either Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud, but let's get to know each one of them a little bit more. So when we make our decision come draft day, it's a consensus. Like we're we're all happy with who we have. Yeah, so I think it's it's one of those two guys. If if and the only thing that just throws a little bit of a wrench into this whole thing is just that that Fitterer was with Seattle. 
and he saw Russell Wilson, the shorter quarterback, take his team to the Super Bowl twice. Yeah, see, I think it would, it would work in the way that both Frank Reich and the GM would have to be on the same page with who the quarterback is going to be before you make that trade. You know, and those meetings have everything to do with it. I mean, like, they, they can watch all the tape. They could talk to their college coaches, Ryan Day at Ohio State, and, of course, Nick Saban at Alabama. And, of course, those coaches are going to, are going to be lauding their players. They want their players uh, to be, you know, highly drafted because that goes into recruiting for them at their respective schools. The other thing, too, is this, you know, this kid, C.J. Stroud, was behind Justin Fields. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Justin Fields fell in the draft a little bit. I think Chicago feels like they found their future quarterback. And now this kid comes along. And by all accounts, he's a great kid. He's a great leader. Uh, he's highly accurate. Um, he puts up points. Um, and I think, you know, his football intelligence and IQ, which is really important, and, and being a good person, because I think what Carolina is doing, the moment that they hired Frank, you know, they're changing the culture of the team, you know, and they're trying to, you know, make it a team where, like he had in Indianapolis, where he had no problems with anybody. So they want to make sure that they have the right quarterback. And I, I kind of believe, I, I, if I had to make an educated guess, again, I, I, I would say that would be C.J. Stroud because he would fit all the different characteristics that I know Frank likes. But again, fitter, Seattle, Russell Wilson makes me think that they will consider Bryce Young as well. Yeah, and I think that Frank's got to love the fact that he can get a young guy and get his hands on as opposed to some of these old vets that he well, had to deal with the last couple of years. Right, I don't know if the kid will start right out of the gate. Now, Carson Wentz did because Frank told me that he had to call Carson when they were trading Sam Bradford from uh, from Philadelphia, and <laughs> he called Carson. Carson was turkey hunting. <laughs> hey, uh, Carson, you're going to be the starting quarterback this week for the you know for the Eagles in Week One, right? Okay, Coach, I'll see you tomorrow. Yeah, yeah that kind of that kind of thing. So maybe maybe they feel like they got a guy that could start on day one. I'm not sure, but all I know is that for the Bears now, when you look at it on their side of things, so they get five for one. Is mm-hmm. essentially what they get, and they get a number one wide receiver in DJ Moore. I mean, that's an insane deal for them. I mean, that is a great, great trade for the Bears. Now, there, there's a chance, and I hope this doesn't happen to my buddy Frank. Let's say that you know Carolina's in the middle of this rebuild, and they get this rookie quarterback, and maybe he's just not ready yet, and they got to go with a Sam Darnold or something that you know just to kind of fill the gap and the time, and and they're not winning because Derek Carr's now in New Orleans. Who knows what Atlanta's going to do with their quarterback and Tampa's going to do with their quarterback. Is there a potential, and there always is, that things could go south in a hurry and the Panthers end up with the number one pick in the 2024 draft? Guess who has the number one pick in the 2024 draft? Would be the Bears now. That's right. Yep. And then there's Caleb Williams sitting there. And I'm telling you, there is no doubt in my mind that GMs have their eyes on next year's draft, not just this year's draft, because that coveted number one pick next year, that is going to be a that's going to be one of the the all time. It's going to be like Peyton Manning situation. Think? Yeah, Peyton Manning, Trevor Lawrence, that yeah. kind of you know Andrew Luck. Mm-hmm. It's going to be that kind of it's going to be that kind of draft where that guy is the number one, the number one guy, and everybody's going to want him, assuming he gets through his season this year at USC healthy and everything's going to be fine. He will be the coveted number one pick in 2024. Hi, Boomer Geo, coming to you live from the Bill Ford Tough Studio on the Fan and CBS Sports Network. So I'm going to say this again because 
when Aaron Rodgers said that there's a time limit on this stuff, he said that to Brandon Marshall on Saturday, there's a time limit, stay tuned. It has to be before noon today, or, well, I guess it doesn't have to be for him to make a decision, but if he does not, he's screwing two teams over royally. Now, he could have already agreed to come to the Jets and to modify his contract. But we would have known that, right? Well, well, no, you wouldn't have, because, you know, everybody could be, you know, requesting privacy and, you know, not, not saying anything to anybody, not giving anybody any sort of, you know... Feeder, you know, you don't want to see Ian Rappaport or Schefter or any of those yeah. guys jumping out in front of all this. So they're trying to keep this thing in, in-house and keep it as tight as they possibly can. Uh, the machinations of which the Green Bay Packers have to go through to unwind from his contract and the cap hits that they will end up taking. You know, there, there's a lot of stuff that is going on here. And again, this is why when Woody Johnson one out there with Christopher Johnson and Joe Douglas and Rob Sala and Nathaniel Hackett. They also brought, you know, cap guy. Yeah. yeah, I mean, the cap guy, because they had to explain, I think, to Aaron, like, in order to make this work for us, this is what we have to do and what you have to do with Green Bay. And, you know, there are two sets of scenarios. You know, one is if Aaron Rodgers, you know, retires and then the dead cap hit that hits uh, Green Bay is significant. And the other scenario is if he wants to continue to play for them or for the Jets. And if he does play for the Jets, he has to modify his contract. And there also could be a post June first designation. But they're not really they're not really they're trading him. They're not cutting him. But even if they traded him after June first, supposedly, as I'm reading this, there's no compensation that comes along with that. Really? So that's After why, June 1st? Yeah, that's why I believe that it's got to be a designated before June 1st so they can receive compensation in return for his services. It, this thing, this, this salary cap and the way that they writ, wrote, wrote the contract for him last year yeah. is mind-boggling. I have never seen something, probably for those who live in the world of the salary cap, it's probably easy to understand and kind of unwind from. But for those of us who sit on the periphery and try to figure this stuff out, I mean, I, I, I don't know what they were thinking when they wrote this contract. So you like Mike Flegelman. You feel like he's locked in, right? Overnight producer yes. Mike Flegelman. Yeah. You work with him on the sports minutes. He's a big Jets fan. Yeah. So he was talking to CeeLo this morning as I was driving in. Flegelman and CeeLo. Flegelman and CeeLo. And Flegelman came up with a, a scenario that only a Jets fan could come up with because their brain has been corrupt with so many negative things over the years. <laughs> All right. But tell me if you think that this is realistic. That Aaron Rodgers does not want to play for the Jets, but he does want to play next year. And he also does not want to play for the Green Bay Packers. And he's got the leverage because the the contract situation that you just talked about. And he can go to them and say, I know you're not going to trade me to an NFC team, or that's what you've said. But I can make your life a living hell. And you're going to have to send me to the team that I want to go to because your choice is either have me play quarterback again for you, which you don't want, or have me sit on the bench for $60 million, or you trade me exactly where I want to go. You know, I think about I think about Aaron Rodgers, and I want to do right by Green Bay, and I want to leave but and stay with the fan base. I do, I do believe. I, I think that is the thing here. I think uh. there's no question uh, that they're going through. Uh, you know, the separation anxiety that comes along with 
somebody who's been there for 18 years. You know, like Tom Brady didn't have to go through this. Yeah. I mean, he got himself to become a free agent, so he made the decision himself. Yeah. And basically the way he couched it was, well, they don't want me, so I'm leaving. I mean, like this, I mean, it, it's so ridiculous when it gets to this point. You know, if he wants to continue his career and he wants to play for a good team and a good team that obviously is extremely excited about having him and the fan base is excited about having him and the players are excited about having him, then this is a place for him to get re-energized and reinvigorated to come and play quarterback. So that's why... I think that this, I think it's a fait accompli. It's just a matter of unwinding from all this contractual yeah. nonsense. And I've been saying from the beginning that him wanting to play here and wanting to come here was something I could never wrap my mind around. So that's what's worrying me about this from the Jet perspective. But does he want to do right by Green Bay? Because, you know, they drafted his replacement. He was mad about that. They ended up not bringing in players that he wanted to in the draft or getting rid of friends of his, and he was annoyed about that. They are now moving on from him at yeah. this point where he still wants to play. We're assuming he still wants to play. And he's always been a guy who has taken things personally, and he's got a little bit icy relationship with the organization the last couple of years. Does he really want to do right by them, or does he want to go where he wants to go? You know, I see, I see to the point where he gets a MVP two out of the last three years. So, I, I, again, I just think that, you know, unwinding from all of this and trying to understand the ramifications of him leaving Green Bay, whether it be via trade or retire. I think if he retires, I think it's even worse of a hit. Against uh, Green Bay. Well, I think he wants to play. It's just, does he want to play for the Jets? Yeah. That's really the thing we're waiting again, for. Again, you know, his girlfriend's father has a house here. And uh, I think that there is a, fuck, it's New York. It's the Jets. It's uh, an opportunity for, you know, to me, especially with a young, energetic team and a, and a really good defense. To me, it makes it's it's a no-brainer. It just looks too obvious. Now, if it doesn't happen by noon today, and there's free agents flying all over the place because the tampering period starts, which is essentially the start of free agency at noon today, and Aaron Rodgers still hasn't made a decision. Now, well, you know, you know what I think. I think the Jets know. I think the Jets know what the the number is going to be and what the cap hit is going to be. I think they know that, and I think they're going to under. I think they'll operate underneath. That, that kind of situation. And if something happens where at the last minute all things go to hell, then they'll have to change and they'll have to go plan B. Which is what at this point? What is plan B now? Jimmy Garoppolo, Matthew Stafford, Lamar Jackson? What is the what is plan uh, it's B? It's not going to be Lamar Jackson. That's for sure. It could be Jimmy Garoppolo, but then Jimmy Garoppolo will have a number of suitors for him. Oh, God. But he won't, I, he won't be nearly as expensive. Uh, as as Aaron Rodgers is, but I, I, I again I don't even know why I'm talking about this other than the fact that I do believe that Aaron Rodgers is like I said it's a fait accompli that he's here and he's coming and it's just a what matter. makes you so confident though because uh, no nobody's as confident as you about this and obviously you would know better than us but I just you seem so unbelievably confident that it because Aaron Rodgers is such a wild card yes that you have no idea what he's thinking at any point of any day. But you feel like he's coming to the Jets and he wants to be here. I, I think this is his opportunity to continue playing. And other than San Francisco, I can't think of a better team that you could go to if you were a quarterback and you could decide where you want to go than the Jets right now. Well, what if he does want to go to San Francisco? I mean, what if he decides to send me to the 49ers? I mean, what are the Packers going to do? 
They're going to have to pay him. He's under contract. Well, it's interesting. The Packers do have a say in this because of the way that it impacts their salary cap. Just so you understand. They do have a say in it. Yeah. So it's the quarterback is driving it, as I told you two weeks ago. Mm -hmm. He is driving it 100%. And I believe that if an owner of a football team gets on his private jet and flies out there to go see him, they're not going out there to have tea. Even though I'm sure Woody Johnson loves to have tea in the afternoon. (laughs) Of course, with his time over uh, overseas. Yeah, okay. But didn't they go over there to try to convince him to be a Jet? And and maybe they didn't. I think they needed to tell him, this is uh, exactly what we need to do. This is exactly what we want to pay you. And this is how we can really build a roster around you. And I think the fact that you know Woody has already spent money this weekend on three different contracts and probably will spend more money on some other contracts before this whole thing is over with. Yeah. Uh, and also give Aaron Rodgers a nice contract. You know, he's putting his money where his mouth is. I don't care what anybody says. You can say whatever you want about Woody Johnson. He is putting his money where his mouth is. No, without a doubt. And he he's had it. He feels like he's got a team right now that can really compete, even though the AFC is stacked and he's not messing around. And you got to love that if you're a Jets fan. Even if you don't like Woody and you've had a problem with him, you got to love what he's doing right now. You know what's amazing to me? I, I was just thinking about this the other day. So Frank Reich gets fired. On November 7th, I think. Mm -hmm. And here we are four months later. So talking to him, you know, right after getting fired, it's like getting cut or, you know, a team telling you they don't want you. You know, it's it's it stings. It hurts. So, you know, he goes to Carolina. He's got a house down there. You know, he's got grandkids down there and everything else. And, you know, he's miserable. And he's trying to figure out what his next move is going to be. Is it going to be an offense coordinator move? Is he going to stay? Is he going to retire? All of that kind of stuff. And literally four months later, he is the head coach of the Carolina Panthers, hires an incredible staff, and now has the number one pick in the yeah. freaking draft. Well, I mean, think about the four months that mm-hmm. he's had. Sure. No, four it's, months. It's been a total whirlwind. I mean, well, think about the four months that the Jets could have. I mean, this is how quickly things change in the NFL. You go back to November, this was a team that was competing. You felt like it was going to go to the playoffs. And then now, all of a sudden, they fall out of the playoffs. Uh, and they're Aaron Rodgers' favorites to land, you know, to land Aaron Rodgers. It's like, well, think about that. I mean, it's a, that's pure insanity as well. Yeah, I'm trying to think, like, you know, that's got to be the biggest story, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, what, Aaron, you talk about Aaron Rodgers? got to be the biggest yeah. story. I mean, the enormity of the player, it's kind of like Justin Verlander coming to the Mets. Oh, well, this is, I mean, this would be way bigger than that. Way bigger or, than I mean, that. Justin Verlander's, you know, one Cy Young's of one World Series and one of the great pitchers of his era. <laughs> here you talk about one, and one of the great pitchers of all time. Yeah. And here but, you go, you got one of the great quarterbacks of all time but, and one of the great quarterbacks of his there's, era. There's five starting pitchers. <laughs> there's one quarterback. And nobody influences a team more You're in right. pro sports than the quarterback. Well, and maybe, maybe the goalie. Uh, yeah, but quarterback still, still more. Uh, Richie's in Franklin Square. What's up, Richie? Hey, Boomer. Hey, Gio. I got to tell you, I I agree with you 100 percent about uh, Woody Johnson looking to open up the money train, and because it's the Steve Cohen effect. He sees what New York wants. He sees that they'll get behind a guy who spends and builds a team and has a shot of going out and winning. That's all we want. And I'm telling you, I think Rogers is coming here too. Uh, and I'll be, I'll be crushed if he doesn't, because then I gotta listen to the judge stink for another year. Yeah, I mean, this I'm is gonna be, 
Yeah, listen, Richie, if he if he decides not to come here, this is every person that doesn't like the Jets in the tri-state area is going to be doing what you've heard for years and years and years. Same old Jets, laugh in the face, only the Jets, all that stuff. I mean, and it's going to be horrible for the Jets fan because that's what they're feeling right now. They're feeling like this is not going to happen. I mean, I, I think that most Jets fans are like more negative than positive on this because they can't get to the fact they that... They just want the answer. That's well, yeah. really what they want. And, and usually you know, they're not used to good news. You know, right? it's, it's easy. I'm just telling you. I mean, just reading... Uh, I mean, just reading all the different, like, situational stuff in regards to Aaron's contract and how it ends in Green Bay. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a nightmare. So that's what you think is holding this up, not Aaron Rodgers making a decision. Right, and, you know, the, there are two teams that need to know going into free agency what the situation is. Now, the thing about it is, right now as we sit here, Green Bay has Aaron Rodgers on their salary cap for $31 million. He is still on their team. He's still their starting quarterback, and he has one of these roster bonuses coming up. Mm-hmm. So when does that hit? Uh, let's see. You mean like soon, this month? There's a $58.3 million option bonus attached to his 2023 compensation. It's uh, And his compensation for 2023 is $59.5 million. Why the hell did they sign him to this deal if this was going to happen the now, next year? This will be delayed until Green Bay understands how things move forward. Okay. Well, obviously. But I mean, why? They because they why? Because they want a decision. This is going to force a decision. No, but what I'm saying was the the contract that they gave him at the end of last year guaranteed 150 million dollars. And now all of a sudden it's completely falling apart. Well, he would have to. He would. He, and he even said, "Don't you remember?" He even yeah, said yeah. that he knew that he was going to have to modify the contract. Yeah, but I'm just thinking from the Packers' perspective, <laughs> if they were this ready to move on from him, you tell me last year changed everything for them. Like seriously, that like last year changed. Everything. I know. I think. I think last year they got to this contract because they got tired of dealing with it. When he won two MVPs in a row, too. right? Exactly. So I pay him for that. And if you've ever been out the Lambeau Field, Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers rebuilt that entire stadium and that entire area to redo the Green Bay Packers into the franchise franchise they are today. Mike's in New Jersey. What's up, Mike? Hey, guys, how you doing? Great show already. Um, just want to make a comment on Aaron Rodgers. There's a team that nobody's really mentioned in the Aaron Rodgers rumors, although they were mentioned highly in the Lamar Jackson, is the Atlanta Falcons. They got a great offense. They got Algier, Pitts, and Drake, some three young good players. They got a $66 million to spend uh, salary cap money that I'm sure they're going to put a lot of that towards that defense. Um, and, and if you put him in the NFC South, I mean, I mean, other than Derek Carr, I mean, they might be a guarantee to win the NFC South. Yeah, there's only one thing about that, Mike, and that's the NFC. And I don't think Green Bay wants to send him to an NFC team. That's he, the thing. Like, I, if he comes to the Jets, the Packers and the Jets don't play each other for the next three years. Right. So they'll never see him unless both teams get to the Super Bowl. But Aaron Rodgers could force the Packers hand and say, I want to go to this NFC team or I'm going to make your life a living hell. That's something that could happen. He could show up at training camp. They say we're moving on from Jordan Love, sort of what Brett Favre did to get himself out of there. Well, all I know is that Aaron Rodgers' decision will be coming soon. Yeah. It has to, because he's got to give both of these teams an opportunity to, you know, pivot. It's pivot time. It's pivot time. But right now, it doesn't seem to me like it's pivot time. I, I, to me, I think uh, the Jets have made that their decision. It's one of the reasons why... 
Derek Carr wasn't coming here, it's, uh, along with the fact that Zach Wilson's here. It just makes too much sense that he, that he would not be coming here. I got to get Daniel in West Virginia here. What's up, Daniel? Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Um, by the way, Boomer, you and I have the same birthday, April 17th. Um, my theory is the Vikings are going to get Aaron Rodgers. And are you telling me that the Green Bay Packers are going to trade Aaron Rodgers to the Minnesota Vikings? No, isn't Aaron Rodgers a free agent? No, just sign with him. No, 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 no. He's not going to be a free agent. No, he's they. They have to trade him. Green Bay is has to trade him. They still have him under contract for two more years. Well, there goes right. that theory, Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not a free agent. And, and the Vikings had caught a bunch of guys. He was going to mention that, but they had to because the, the the cap was a mess for them. So they just absolutely had to do that. Mm-hmm. But no, he's not going to the Minnesota Vikings. Network. Jerry Recco is back with us after a trip to Chicago for the Big Ten tournament. And now he's going to be at home with Rutgers uh, tomorrow night against Hofstra, one seed in the NIT. What's happening, Jerry? I'm looking for a trip to Vegas. That's what I'm looking for. (laughs) Would you work from out there? I don't think so. Yeah, I wouldn't think so either. No. Two o'clock in the morning. I know we'll do it for the Super Bowl week, but Mm. I don't know about that. So wait, what's that? A eh? JJ's having his bachelor party out there. John Jastrzemski that same weekend, same time. Yeah. Wow, you can go hang out with JJ. I wasn't invited. I'm good. Oh, okay. I'm sure if he, I mean, if he would have known no. that you were out there, I, not, but I wasn't invited. No. We got Lugies probably going right. Fleegs. CeeLo. CeeLo. C Mac maybe. Probably. Well, both of them going to miss the show. Maybe. I don't know. Huh. I know they like Rosenberg a lot. I don't know where else they go. Rosenberg, would he go out there? Is he friends with JJ? Oh, I don't know. You know what? Know. They play golf all the time together. Yeah, it's a motley crew out there. Rascona right. probably be out there. It's a lot of guys. <laughs> I was going to say, is there going to be anybody here? But then yeah. again, there's really anybody here anyway. <laughs> that is true, Jerry. Quiet. Good point. <laughs> Pretty quiet. Uh, all right, what's happening at sports? We are brought to you by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. Where you want to? Let's start with the football this hour okay. because you guys were just talking about Aaron Rodgers. So a couple of pieces of sound um, that I bring you. This was I'm going to give you first Rodgers from the I Am Athlete podcast. If this doesn't sound like he's coming here, I don't know what would. Where Brandon Marshall is basically asking him about where he will live <laughs> when he is here. Tribeca, Brooklyn. Are you going to be in Jersey? I've never been to Tribeca before. I've been to Brooklyn. Tio, yeah. you look like a Brooklyn guy, Williamsburg. Yeah, I don't know what that means. Now, that was labeled as where he would live. Maybe there was well, something else to that conversation. Like Brandon I did. I told you. Could do that, too. Absolutely. 100%. So we shall see. Maybe we get something today. We will see. Now, I found this from WIAA. This was Mark Murphy mm-hmm. um, asked about Roger's future with the team or not. Is there a scenario where Aaron is still the starting quarterback of the Packers next season? Um, yeah, I mean, unless if things don't work out uh, uh, the way we would want them, yeah, we. He's uh, obviously a great player and uh, wow. you know, four-time MVP, and uh, but you know, I think it's you know trying to find uh, you know what what he wants and what we want, and uh, hopefully we can find a win-win situation. Get out! Yeah, <laughs> basically. basically, what he's saying. Yeah, but. It, I don't know if he means it or not, but if Aaron Rodgers wants to play for the Packers, does that mean that the Packers are going to let him play for the Packers? He was stumbling through that pretty good. Yeah, but he goes, yes, there is a scenario in which he's the starting quarterback if things don't work out the way that we want them to. Meaning we don't want him here. Yeah. 
See, Aaron Rodgers can't go back there after hearing that. that. I have some no self-respect. Way. Let's go. Can't go back there. Yeah, I mean, this is the you know the the PR campaign, the propaganda. Where is he leaving because he wants to leave, or is he leaving because they want him to leave? I mean, it's ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, sure. professional sports things happen all the time. You know, look, Wayne Gretzky got traded. Joe Montana got traded. Mm-hmm. It, it happens. Brett Favre got traded. Tom Brady ended up with the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah. And that that's exactly what this reminds me of. It's him coming here like Tom Brady went to Tampa and winning another Super Bowl without Bill Belichick. That was a huge thing for Tom Brady. Absolutely. No doubt. One without him, didn't need him. But, 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 but. How has Bill Belichick done since Tom Brady's yeah, left? If your okay. contract was up here. And you said, listen, I'm not doing a show until we have a new contract. And someone said, there's another station that wants him, said to Spike, what do you want to do? And you got a response like that. Would you want to come back here? Well, you got to understand there there are many factors in play. There's a lot of nuance in play. Bitch. (laughs) (laughs) You wouldn't call him that. (laughs) No, I would never do that. But I'm just saying there's a lot of like nuance in this in this thing. That's we we, we don't see and we don't feel it because we're just sitting here waiting for it to happen. I agree. But for everybody that's involved and for 18 years and for history and for experience and for, you know, all the success that Aaron has had there. I mean, it's not an easy thing just to say, you know, I want to get up and leave and, and I'm getting out of here. You know, he's playing like the PR game. They both are. But eventually, we know it's going to happen, and, and they should just move on from each other and just get this thing going so everybody has an answer as to what the impact on their salary caps are going to be. And instead, we wait and wait and wait. Um, you've got the Jets signing say. linebacker Quincy Williams to a three-year deal, said to be worth $18 million. He can make more with incentives. And it looks like one year for Sterling Shepard with the Giants, Jalen Ramsey going from the Rams to the Dolphins. I'm going to give you one more from Derek Carr over the weekend as he did his introductory press conference in New Orleans. Just tell me, it's 18 seconds, just tell me if you pick up on the same thing I did. Uh, he's talking about, well, New Orleans, the land of Archie Manning. We know that. Okay, fine. So he has had conversations with the family. So Peyton texted me. Um, we obviously played Peyton for years, you know, when he was in Denver and all that. Um, and then uh, the Pro Bowl this past, you know, he was, my, he was my head coach for the Pro Bowl, which was awesome. Um, and then uh, he texted me Archie's number and Cooper, his brother. Um, and I'll, I'll end up reaching out to Cooper, too. Obviously, they know this area way better than I do. Why? Cooper? <laughs> yeah, you really don't need Cooper in the mix for well, any of this. That's where Cooper lives. Wow. You see, the, uh, wow. you know, Peyton lives in Denver. I feel like Cooper Eli gets forced lives here. <laughs> yeah, right. you're right. He's like, he gets forced into those Caesars commercials. Nobody really wants <laughs> nobody, him around. Nobody, nobody's for Hey, J.B. Smoove wants him around. I can tell you that. Cooper's his favorite. Hey, but uh, Cooper's <laughs> making a lot of money, and plus his son is going to get a lot of dough right Well, that's, that's that the is true. Yeah. yeah, understood. Yeah, but that Cooper lives there, and Archie and, you know, they, and Olivia still live there. Okay. So that's why. <laughs> Basketball last but night. But then again, the, the Manny's got their hands and everything. Of right? course they do. Yeah. Oh, funny. Uh, Knicks in L.A. for the second time in about uh, 30 hours or so. They lose to the Clippers Saturday. Sunday night, they take down the Lakers. Randall driving. Throws the ball cross court. Barrett's got it. Three-pointer, R.J. Barrett. Oh, good. Oh, that's huge. And Shot, clock. Shot clock was about to expire. Yeah, 10-point lead with five minutes to go. Lakers in serious trouble. <laughs> John Ireland. You know what was good about RJ last uh, night and watching radio. some of these highlights is that he was going to the basket. Yeah, aggressive. Yes. Going to the basket, man. Where he's at his best. That's where Capo Caco needs to get into the middle of the ice. Go to the basket? Go go to the net. Oh, go to the net, yes. Get, 
in the middle of the ice already. Well, he's 30 points last night. Knicks beat the Lakers 112-108, 33 for Julius Randle, who enjoyed playing against D'Angelo Russell. Those two uh, teamed up back in the day in L.A. We used to compete a lot in practice, uh, one-on-one. Uh, we used to compete in everything, video games. You know, we were growing up as kids here. So, uh, you know, nine years later, eight years later, whatever it is to be back on this court, uh, you know, battling out again was fun. And that was Randall on ESPN with the win. The Knicks 40-30 and 30 as they snap a three-game losing streak. As for the Nets, they were in Denver taking on... Uh, Nikola Jokic and the Nuggets tight game down the stretch. So much so, Denver had the ball down two in the closing second or two. Gordon inbounding. Lobby Jokic out of the wing. Turns a three for the win. No good. Off to the right. Jokic misses a three. And the Nets win in Denver. And that was Chris Carino with the goal. That was a ridiculous shot. That's the best shot they could get off. Well, they only had one second. So it was really a catch-and-shoot situation, like 1.3 or something like that. They didn't have a whole lot of time to do much. I mean, for one second, getting it to your best player, getting the shot off is not so bad. The, the, the possession prior to that for Denver, he had a really good look on one of those patented fadeaways he yeah. has. And he just missed it off to the left through a double team. Um, so Denver, uh, the Nets win. They had seven players in double figures, including Mikael Bridges with 25 and Spencer Dinwiddie. 15 points, 16 assists. Here's Jacques Vaughn on Dinwiddie. He's tuned in and he's turned on, Megan. And so uh, every night he's producing for us. He's learning how to play with this group. He's learning when to be aggressive, uh, when to get to the rim, uh, how to manage this group. And so far it's working as they've won five of their last six. Nick Claxton, 20 points, five rebounds on the day. And that's 39 and 29. Meantime, the uh, Cavaliers beat the Hornets 114-108. Sixers over the Wizards 112-93. to 34-4 Joel Embiid. Alright, we get to the NCAA tournament now. And so we've got a bunch of local teams in the mix here, including UConn and Iona on Friday. you got Princeton, Arizona Thursday. Fairleigh Dickinson play in game Wednesday night against Texas Southern. Alabama, Purdue, Kansas, Houston, the one seeds. Rutgers not in. They go to the NIT. Steve Pikes. <laughs> Steve Peichel said yesterday, yes, it stinks, but we still have games to play. That's the positive. I'm not apologizing for postseason play here at Rutgers, but obviously our goal at the beginning of the year is the NCAA tournament, but we'll have to shift quickly here. And they shift to Hofstra tomorrow night at 7 p.m. at Jersey Mike's Arena, a game that you will see G at if you show up at the arena. That'll be kind of cool. Say hello. Spring baseball. Where uh, <laughs> is it? Was it on TV? Where is it? Yeah, all these games are on ESPN, I believe. ESPNU, ESPN2. Yes. Okay. All I right. think I think this one's on ESPN, but I'm not 100% Yo, sure Joe. yet. No, I think regular ESPN. Oh, it is. I'm pretty sure. Um, spring baseball, Yankees and Red Sox played with a 3-3 tie. Mets lost to the Rays 10-4. Brandon Nimmo asked afterward, asked afterwards how strange it is having guys not there because of the World Baseball Classic. Yeah, I mean, you know, a little bit weird, but they're playing baseball. We're also getting some younger guys. Um, I mean, Mauricio's really putting on a show this spring, you know, and um, showing that he wants to be in the big leagues this year and he's capable. And that's the positive. When guys leave, there's opportunity. And you're seeing on CBS Sports Network, uh, the U.S. embarrassing themselves, losing to Mexico 11-5 and making lots of mistakes. Who's like Jeff Chase McGill had never played baseball before? <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> well, you also, even in the spring training game, and I know it's the Sun, the two center fielders for the Mets and the Rays could not track the ball because of how... 
how high the sun was, and they couldn't line it up properly. But look at that throw for sure. <laughs> That's going to be 100 miles an hour. Jeez. So, yeah, I'm pretty good. But, uh, yeah, the U.S. lost to Mexico 11-5. to I told you last hour that I would have some video and audio from you from college baseball games. Let's set this up. You've got New Orleans beating Mississippi Valley State 7-3 last inning. Game's essentially over. There's two outs. A 1-1 pitch is called strike two. That is a terribly low pitch on a breaking ball. So it's now 1-2 when it really should be 2-1, but that's neither here nor there. And here's how the at-bat ends. 1-2 coming. It's down. Oh, my gosh! Wow! He got rung up on ball two, and the game is over. Oh, my goodness! That is horrific! Uh, yes, that was Mississippi Valley State Radio slash TV. Here comes the strike three on television. <laughs> Come on. I mean, that's two feet to the left of the plate and in the dirt. Well, that umpire got suspended immediately by the conference. Well, he obviously did that because he was ticked off at the batter for the reaction on the other one. Uh, which was a bad call, too. It was, but he just, yeah, he just did. You know what's amazing? Did you see the catcher talking to the batter, yes. at, you know, trying to calm him down? Yes. Because I that was amazing. Watch that something he shouldn't have. That, yeah, I mean, that was amazing. Yes, the the strike three call though is just. I mean, we've seen some. It's bad Angel calls. Hernandez like. Uh, it's worse than that. This one's really bad. This hits the dirt low and away. Like how far off that is. Yeah, I mean, he's just he just games. You know, it's a four run game at that point. He's probably just thinking, screw it. You're going to act like a jerk. I'm going to get out of here. All right, just wants to go home. If you were the other team, would you be like, I'm not late? I'm, no, we're going to finish this out. <laughs> That's ridiculous. I mean, I, I, I take a, my hat off to the catcher or the other team just like, yeah. trying to calm the batter down. I just, oof. Yeah, it's a bad one. So, yeah, so, 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 got... so Mississippi Valley State batter, and it was the New Orleans catcher, and the New Orleans catcher kind of calmed him down. Yes. Oof. Before saying something stupid, I mean, I heard, I read about this. I didn't see it, man. That that is just awful. It's worse than you actually think it would be. Yeah, they actually suspended the umpire immediately. A lot, a lot of these players in pro sports say nothing ever happens to the officials with terrible calls. Well, something happened here, at least in college. What was that umpire thinking about? Well, he was ticked off at the guy showing him up, and he's just like, "Screw you! You're going to show me up? I'm going to call you out on a ball that's four feet off the plate." I mean, that's what he did. It's not right, but that's that's what he was thinking. Wouldn't happen if you had the automated strikes. Oh, yeah, never sorry. again. Uh, Rangers-Penguins on Sunday. This game goes to overtime as the Rangers score in the third period, but Chris Letang gets the game winner, and 3-2 is the final. That having been said, the Rangers get the point. Here's Barkley Goodrow. He says that third may be a preview of the team that we can be. I think you saw by the third period. I think, you know, we're, we did a good job, and... Uh, yeah, nice day off. Rangers, a nice day off, absolutely. 37, 19, and 10. And then before I get out of here, I'll give you one from the Devils because Matt Lachlan is fired <laughs> up, as fired up should be. Now, they shut out the Hurricanes 3 nothing. Big game, as we discussed last hour. Uh, the Devils making all the right moves. Dougie Hamilton intercepts. Here's Brett for use across the line. For Brett, he's in deep in the side. He scores! He goes short side, stick side. It's two. <laughs> <laughs> you know what you see in this game is the speed of speed, the Devils. I was yes, and some of the like unique passing and the grit in front of the net, whether it be Hughes or Dawson Mercer or Jesper Brat, uh, you name it. I mean, they're, no, they're really good. They are, and they're you know they're they're fun to watch too. It'll be interesting because you know um, the Bruins lost this week to the Red Wings uh, yesterday, but the Bruins are obviously the best team in the league. But either the Hurricanes, the Devils. I'd like to put the Rangers in there, but not the way that they're playing right now. 
Man, it's it's still time be, to go to figure it, is, it out, though. It is going to be some wild Stanley Cup playoffs, for sure. And in golf, Scotty Scheffler wins the Players' Championship at Sawgrass. All right, Boomer and Geo on the fan and CBS Sports Network. On Friday, I was talking about how excited I was to watch that MH370 documentary, the Malaysian airline that went missing, and there's all sorts of theories about it. So I watched the three episodes, and you know, when you come to the end of it, you still really don't know what happened and why. And that's why it's such, it's captivated people so much. But one thing I am sure of, that this plane did crash in the South Indian Ocean. Now, people don't always agree with that, but I believe that, that it did, that it crashed in the South Indian Ocean. Now, why it did, I'm still not so sure. I still think that it was probably the pilot, but then if you look into his past, it doesn't seem like a guy that would do something like this, but there's really no other explanation that makes a lot of sense to me. But the other theories... Like the one of the theories is like the U.S. was involved, and all these other planes came in and that shut the shot radar down, or something. got shot down. Another one was Russian hijackers that came in and took it and crashed it in Kazakhstan, and then all cleaned up the mess because of uh, Putin and all this stuff. They but cleaned up the mess in Kazakhstan. Yeah, was there anybody on the plane of any sort of political significance? No, but there was. Three Russians that were on this plane. That's Uh-oh. where the Russian hijacker thing came from. Okay. And then the there was cargo that apparently was suspicious that was loaded onto the plane that the people who believe the U.S. was involved, that they didn't want to get to Beijing, the U.S. They didn't want it to get to Beijing because that's where the flight was going. So that's why people thought so that. So it was a bomb? No, no, no. No, it wasn't a bomb. They're not saying that because it would have blown up in a different place. But so they, then what is the what is the thought process about the cargo? That it's something that the U.S. wanted to get their hands on. Okay. And not get to Beijing because of some sort of U.S.-China conflict thing. I don't believe that theory at all. I, I, I don't believe that one because that would have required it to crash in a totally different place. And I don't believe that. It, it crashed in the South Indian Ocean. There was some guy, too, that's just, I don't even know what he does for a living, but he's the guy who found all the wreckage. Like, he found, he went to Madagascar and found a bunch of wreckage. He went over to, it was another island somewhere, Reunion Island. He found a bunch of wreckage. And this guy found found it all. And, like, I don't understand how he was the only guy that could find it. No one else found it, but this one guy found it. And then people were thinking he was a Russian spy. <laughs> Because he spent some time in Russia, and then he was a Russian spy, and they planted this stuff, and they dis, you know dismembered a triple seven, and then like littered it on the Madagascar beach, and so this guy could find it, and then prove that it, it you know that it was it's, it crashed down there when it really didn't. So there, I, I don't know. There are way too many people still making a living off of this. That that's why these conspiracies keep perpetuating. People are writing books. They go on the talk sh- circuit. They. Yep. Uh, and that's why they they just keep these things going. You're right. And there was a, an older gentleman who was a aviation expert who was very, very matter of fact in this documentary. And he said exactly that. He's like, people are writing books and this stuff is ridiculous. You got to look at the facts and see what makes the most sense. Are we ever really going to know? No. But 
This is what we feel pretty good about. But it's funny because any time that like something would happen that seemed like concrete evidence, there would be someone that would say that, well, there's no way that could have happened. Like wreckage washed up. And they'd be like, well, that's not real wreckage because this thing didn't match this. And there was muscles on this thing that grew and it was in the water for only X amount of time. It's like you found wreckage of a triple seven. You, you really think that the Russians dismembered a plane somewhere and scattered wreckage on the beach? Or do you think that the plane actually crashed there? And there's one guy who feel terrible. He lost his family. He was a French guy, but he's told. Did you watch this? I did. Yeah. Yeah. He's totally convinced that the U.S. is involved. Totally convinced that the U.S. shot the plane down. And it's like, come on, man. Like I know you you went through a lot, but let let's get real. This is there's one piece in there that should be either yes you can or no you can't, and it still seems fuzzy to me. From where the pilot was sitting, could he turn off the radar so he couldn't be seen? Or did he have to go into the crawl space? No, 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 you can. You can. There's uh, Because I, the one they made the argument, you'd have to go into the crawl space to do it. No, no, no. They, yeah, I, I believe that it's it, that you, actually, you can do this. And I asked my dad about this, too. You can. It's right behind. The, the, there's a thing that you could pull out that's in the cockpit that you can go off of the radar. You know, it's amazing. Why is that even a thing? Why would you want to allow anybody to take anybody off a radar, especially a commercial airliner? I don't know. It's a great question. But like, think, so the pilot, if he tells the co-pilot to go in the back to get him something, locks the door, decompresses the plane, everybody dies, and then recompresses the plane after while well, he's got the oxygen mask on, you know, that goes longer than the 15 minutes that the passengers had. And then he flies for six hours with everybody dead? Or did he kill himself and then it just flew and then ran out of gas and went to the Indian Ocean? I don't know. But I also read something, too, that came out after the documentary that said that they found a piece of wreckage that this Russian spy guy did not find, that a fisherman found in Madagascar that proves that, well, they believe that it proves that the landing gear was down when the plane crashed. And that you have to manually put the landing gear down. So that means that he was alive and he put the landing gear down to make it crash into more millions of pieces because if the landing gear was down and the thing would get even worse so there's that theory too but i don't know what do you think happened <laughs> i'm with you i think it was the pilot yeah yeah i mean it, it seems it, most plausible and there's that's happened before it was a the french air guy you know crash swiss air crashed into the french alps you know he did that he just took the plane right in took out everybody with him I and mean, it's rare but it just, it seems that's the, that's the thing that makes the most sense. But I'm fascinated by it. I'm totally fascinated by it. But that French guy was, like, making me laugh. Like, everything that, like, found wreckage. The good uh, wreckage? Well, doesn't mean, don't mean anything wreckage. There's no ID on it. There's no ID. No. The, the, the plane's not there because it's not there. How much wreckage would there be if there are no other wrecks? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, where did this wreckage come from? I mean... Right, there weren't any other missing 777s right. over the Indian Ocean. Right, so, right, that's but, the point. But they were saying that because there was no ID plate on the wing, and the only way that an ID plate would not be on the wing would be if someone was taking a plane apart. So they were saying that the Russians <laughs> took the plane apart and then strewn the uh, wreckage all over the Madagascar beach because that's where... They wanted you to think that the plane So it's either the Russians or the Americans. Or the pilot. Or the pilot. Or the pilot. Chinese weren't involved? Mm, well, yes, indirectly, if you oh, believe oh. the U.S. theory. Oh, oh, okay. Because of the cargo 
that was going to Beijing that the U.S. didn't want to get there. What? What is the cargo? They they had to know what the cargo was. Yeah, I, I don't know. They didn't say what the cargo was. It was it was suspicious cargo that was electronics of some sort that they believed had sensitive information on it, and they said security loaded it onto the plane under suspicious circumstances, and it was not a passenger's cargo. Wow, that's suspicious. Yeah, it's probably, uh, what the hell knows? I just, uh, it's, I want to know, but you're never really going to know. You're just not. No. And then the other thing, too, they, the flight simulator that this guy had in his house had a path that was very similar to the one that they believed were crashed in the Indian Ocean. But then they dis- discounted that. So like, well, I mean, not really, because he didn't really fly it, but he took his cursor there, and it ended up in the same place that the plane crashed. Did they uh, have friends of the airplane pilot? Uh, They did. They talked to the family, and the family, you know, but what is the family going to say? You know what I mean? And he did not, from all accounts, he did not seem like a guy that would do this, but... I mean, you see that all the time. You know, like Ted Bundy was a great neighbor, right? Yeah, like, yeah, I, yeah. You know, okay. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> but, ah. but then also, did they confirm, or was this just a rumor, that his flight simulator, he flew the same path into the Indian Ocean? Right. If he did, then that's it. And but, if he, like, which is it? These so, are facts, aren't I know, they? I know. Well, the one guy said that uh, the guy who wrote all the books, the guy who was from New York, who ended up being a kook. But he, he said that he didn't really fly it. He just took his cursor and moved it down there. So you believe what you want to believe. And the, the aviation expert who I liked, the one who was in the airplane hangar, I thought he was the most reasonable person. He was like, that. it's, it's part of the puzzle, but it's not the full puzzle. So uh, whatever. I mean, I was a little bit annoyed at the end of it, but I still enjoyed watching it. Uh, Andrew in Westchester. What's going on, Andrew? Hey, how you doing, Joe? Joe, is your father Frank by any chance? Because I think he was my flight instructor. When I was no, not Frank. No, all right. So yep. anyway, so I'm a pilot, but you see, the um, the I go with the aviation experts. There's always a lot of theories. So the, with the transponder that you were saying, where it, where it has the with the radar, you could shut it off, right? Because but you're not going to be sending any messages to the to the uh, to, to the tower or the or any uh, or any of the controllers. But you, so if you shut it off, you're not sending messages. But they could they could spot you on the radar depending on what type of radar they have but the most logical explanation you know i'm not going to go with the crazy theories is that you know it's usually a pilot error they might have keyed in a different uh, waypoint after they took off you know it's night you really don't really you really don't know where you are in the nighttime if you're not actually like if you're already setting the autopilot to a to a waypoint you set it you forget it if you think it took a sharp left turn though you're telling me you didn't you wouldn't realize that Listen, there was plane crashes where, I'll give you an example, the Airbus that crashed, uh, the, the uh, Aeroflot Airbus that crashed, the Russian Air, I don't know if you know the story with the uh, kids that took over the plane, they were, they were the, the pilot's son and daughter, and they were on the, uh, they're, on the, they're on the seat, and they moved the control yoke to, to left or to right, I think it was right they went, right? But if you move it to a certain uh, amount of uh, force, the autopilot disconnects. These guys were flying pretty much almost vertical at night, and they had no idea. Yeah, but, uh, but, yeah but I mean, think about it. This, this, they ran out of gas. So they, they would have the pilots would have realized at some point that they were in the air too long, and they weren't over land. Like, that to me is not plausible at all, that they didn't know where they were going, and the autopilot did something differently. I, I, I don't believe that at all. There's just, there's just no way. But anyway... I recommend it. I would recommend watching it if you've got some time because it is uh, it is fascinating. It's the biggest airline mystery of all time.
and Geo coming alive. Bill Ford, tough studio on the fan and CBS Sports Network. Yep, still waiting on Aaron Rodgers, so we'll let you know as soon as we hear something. We've got Calvin Johnson joining us, former great wide receiver for the Detroit Lions coming in, who's got some CBD drink thing that he's got going on. I was checking out this morning. You know, occasionally I'll uh, take a little CBD if I'm if I'm not falling asleep right away, and I usually can fall asleep right away. But there's times like I can't. Some weed, <laughs> a little CBD, it puts you right out. So this is like a CBD energy focus type of thing. I so thought it was real weed. It's not real weed. It's not it's, real weed. Oh, no, okay. no, no, it's not real weed. It's uh, I don't think you'd be able to promote that in New York quite yet. But maybe weed, 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 weed. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's. Uh, I believe it's CBD, not uh, weed. I will go get it in my office. Uh, in the next break and uh, check it out. But Calvin Johnson in studio, who is uh, a mammoth of a man and one of the great wide receivers of his generation. I can't wait to ask him about Nate Burleson. Because mm. Nate played with Calvin Johnson. Think about this. Nate played with Calvin Johnson. Randy Moss. And Randy Moss. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. You talk about being in the shadow. Yeah, but he didn't mind it. He knew his Now role. he's working with you. It's sort of like the same thing. You <laughs> yeah, know? Right. Still in the shadow. Sitting no, right next it's to the you. other way around right now. <laughs> Well, that's because he's got the news gig or whatever else, you know? Yeah, they, you know, I tried to, I I don't know, the Ranger game was over. I was a little disappointed, right? So I flipped over to ABC, and there's this, you know, the red carpet thing for oh, the Oscars. God. Yeah, Oscars. I'm, Oscars. I mean, I just wanted to puke. Yeah, I, I was just about to bring up one of these things, too, which is funny. So tell me if I'm off base here or not. And I want everybody's opinion. So I, I go upstairs... And I go to sleep. Gina's got the Oscars on. Ugh. And I'm trying to go to sleep. She goes, you, you mind if I keep this on for a little bit? No problem. So some film wins for, I don't even know the category. Was it documentary of the year? It might have been. Yeah, yeah. Best documentary feature is okay. what it was. Okay. Now, it's about a, a guy who is being held in Russia in solitary confinement who was fighting for Ukraine and got wrapped up, whatever, in the whole thing, and all he wanted was freedom and democracy, and now he's in a Russian prison. Which Good thing to be fighting for, freedom. Exactly. So this guy obviously is, a, is an all-time guy, and they did a documentary feature on him, and he shouldn't be in jail, and Putin's and got he's him. he's in jail right he's in, now. Right, right now. now, he is in jail. Right. <laughs> Probably sleeping on a cold floor with rats running all over the place. Right. So... You got all these guys who make the documentary that are up there thanking everybody, smiling, hugging. This guy is stuck in solitary confinement somewhere in Russia. And then on top of it, they go, uh, Yulia, can you come up here for a second, Yulia? And Yulia is the wife of this guy that made the documentary what about. What kind of dress was she wearing? Uh, like Vera Wang or something, <laughs> man. I don't know. So she gets up there. She's all dolled up traipsing around Hollywood, accepting an Oscar when her husband's stuck in a jail in Russia. I mean, did that to me seemed weird. Well, that just that kind of tells you all you need to know. I mean, okay, now do I expect her to be like knocking on the jail's door every day and want to talk to the warden to get him out of there? No. Well, she can't do that. Right, I mean, exactly. But to be there like to, all dolled up and the whole thing and the hair and the makeup and the dress and she's like, you know, up there speaking with those producers, you know, slapping each other on the butts. I was like, this is not, this does not feel right. Wow. 
I mean, am I right about that? It feels wrong, yeah. That definitely feels wrong. But it, the dress was nice, though. Yeah, she looked great. She looked great. Yeah, yeah. It looked tremendous. Is she staying at the Beverly Hills Four Seasons oh, or something? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 exactly. yeah, I don't think she was sleeping in a dumpster somewhere outside of the, uh, you know, wherever the hell this thing was held. Of course, she's not at the Hampton Inn. <laughs> no. But uh, I just uh, that just made me feel weird about it. And this guy's alive. He's just in solitary confinement in Russia. So yeah, let's make a movie about it. Yeah, I'm just, sure they had drinks afterwards and celebrated. Went well, to, the after, to the after party. After parties and having a great time. I mean, this, what's this guy's name? I mean, uh, he's just insufferable. The whole thing's insufferable. I mean, just God almighty. Alexei Navalny. Oh. Yeah. I mean, the, the one line that I... There was one line that I liked. It was from Jamie Lee Curtis who won. Yeah. And she goes, you know, she couldn't believe she was standing up there winning an Oscar. She's like, I've been selling yogurt that makes you poop. <laughs> <laughs> Which is true. It's like, uh, uh, what is it, Optivia yogurt or something like that? That's, she's been the face of that. And then also another cool thing, I didn't see his speech, but the young boy from Indiana Jones. Do you remember? You know, the, the, the young Asian boy from Indiana Jones. Okay. Who was very, you, everybody, if you've seen Indiana Jones. Yes, I see, a, I, I, yeah, but I, I, and he was in the Goonies. He was the same guy. Okay. Him. All right. As a child actor, fell off the face of the earth after that, like many other child actors. Could not get a role to save his life. And then all of a sudden, this everything, everyone. And the, the, the big movie. Thing, yeah, yeah, all at once thing. He, he auditions. He gets the role. His career is revived. And he wins Best Supporting Actor list. Isn't that a beautiful thing? It is a beautiful thing. So there was that. Those perseverance. That's called, you call that perseverance. Perseverance. So Facing then, adversity in the face, not becoming a victim, and then doing what you can do and figuring it out and winning an Oscar. And inspiring people to do more. All types of people. And that's, that's, so I, I thought those were some good stories out of it. But yes, it's insufferable. I mean, the, the, they, oh. they're so out of touch. Every single one of them. They don't understand. You know, they think that they're standing up for people. You're not standing up for people. It's just, it's... Every single award show has turned into a flat-out vomit fest. Every single one of them. You know, and you feel good, I guess, for the people that win. And then, like, everybody's... I didn't see the Hugh Grant interview, but he's getting roasted for being oh, rude. God. Like, uh, there was another thing where, I guess, um, Angela Bassett, because she, when she lost to Jamie Lee Curtis, like, she didn't smile and clap, and she seemed disappointed, so now people are on Angela Bassett. It's like, come yeah. on. Oof. Come on! You know, you know what's amazing is that uh, you know this whole bank collapse that's going on now. This, oh, you yeah, you're this, into this. Oh, the Silicon Valley Bank thing. Now there were reports, and I don't know if this is true or how accurate it is that Oprah's going to lose half a billion dollars on this, and uh, you know Meghan Markle and was it Harry, that yeah, was Harry, and, yeah, yeah, they were involved in this whole thing. How so were they here's involved? The but well, they had their money in there. Yeah, but okay. here's the, here's the good news. Is that if those folks were involved, all the people are going to get paid back. Oh, of course. Because if not, we're going to have a whole nother, you know, sit down and we're going to be crying and we're victims and we can't handle this. Or Megan Mar yeah, with Oprah. Yeah, 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 perfect. Perfect. yeah both together. Now, they both got screwed perfect. over by, you know, you know, putting money in a bank that was run by a bunch of thieves. Yeah, apparently. So it's amazing how these things just, like, whether well, it was FTX and this just collapsed also, out of it nowhere. It also tells you just how federal policy basically affects a lot of these different things that are going on right now. Sure. And, uh, you know, this is two major collapses now in the last six months. That's right. Yep. Two major ones. With and a you know, lot of people, are innocent people are involved. Right. And I think Signature Bank here in New York is involved. They had some exposure to this.
Really? So you just don't know where this whole thing is going. And today is a huge day, obviously, you know, for the FDIC and for the government and for the regulators and the Fed and everybody else to figure out what the hell they're doing with it. Yeah, a lot of layers. And I think I understand that they sold part of uh, the bank, the European part of the SVB bank, to HSBC. Ooh. Yeah. Hmm. HSBC is Hong Kong... Shanghai Bank Bang. Corporation. I don't know if it's still that, but... H- Hon- yeah, yeah Hong but very, Kong. very, very, very uh, influenced heavily by the Chinese government. Bangkok Perfect. Corporation. Yeah, something like that. Okay. All right, very good. We used to have an HSBC in Belport. They changed that to something else. Well, maybe it's going to be changed to... Well, who knows? Do you have an SVP out there? No. No. We, we do not have a... It seems like more of a West Coast situation, but doesn't it? it? Yeah, but it does, but it's it's amazing how many companies did actually do business with the bank that, you know, a lot of people are not going to be able to meet payroll. Like companies that had money in there that would make their payroll, you know, every you know two weeks or whenever it was. I went into my first Twitter space ever because of this. Okay. Because Mark Cuban was talking with a number of other financial guys. Yes. So I, I listened for about five minutes and I was just overwhelmed with things I didn't understand. And I said, I got to get out of here. <laughs> I wanted to understand. I wanted to learn. I just, it was way over my head. And those guys just, are just, just so never smart. Know how many funds are exposed to this? Like there could be, you know, three million people who are part of funds that had no idea that the fund that they invested in had money in SBB, S yeah SBB, Silicon Valley Bank. Yeah, you just you just never know. You don't know where that it's going to end. But that's why the FDC has to step in, and they gotta they gotta make decisions today, and they gotta make them relatively quick because they gotta stop the fear. Of people running to their local banks. And oh, yeah, there's lines everywhere and everybody's freaking out and everything well, else. I don't blame I don't blame people yep. for freaking out, but that's that's part of what the FDC, the SEC, the Fed, and everybody is supposed to be calming the fears. And then you got, you know, now what you have, especially with FTX and with this bank failure, is you have Twitter, like, all over it. And you have so many different varying opinions out there from all these different experts, just like you would have... If it were going into the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. all of us ex-players, yep. all of us analysts, all of us draft people. Well, Mark know? Cuban, for example, is holding a Twitter space. 100%. So everybody's out there with their different take on it. And you never know who's shorting somebody or who, like shorting a company on uh, on Wall Street or how much exposure somebody has and what they're doing and how they're being pushed to put out an opinion to cover their own ass. Yep. Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. All angles. All angles, yes. Uh, Lewis in Brooklyn. What's going on, Lewis? Hey, how's it going? What's up, man? All right, yeah. So I uh, wanted to talk about Aaron Rodgers and the Jets. But before I got to that, I want to say a little sad story about being a Mets, Jets, Knicks, and Rangers fan and being born in 96 and having seen any of them win anything. Yeah. I mean, listen, I'm, I'm right there with you. The closest I have is four years old with the Mets winning in 86. So I have no memory of that. I have not seen any of my teams yeah, win I a championship. A, I got a 94 championship. That's yeah. what I got. Yep, huge. But you were also, I mean, you were alive when the Knicks won. And I also, I also remember the Miracle Mets very well. Yep. So that, that, that year, the Jets, the Knicks, and the Mets, man, was unbelievable. And you also, you also were, you know, in right in the 86 wheelhouse, too. Yes, I was. So you got to see a lot of that That's stuff. That's when I was actually playing so those were my contemporaries that is correct mm-hmm. and yeah it makes it worse because uh, i'm a twin brother and uh, my brother's a yankee fan everything else were the same but he's a yankee fan 
So uh, who came out first? I did, which you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, hang in there, Lewis. Hang in there, buddy. They're joking the family since we're all Mets fans. Is he was uh, dropped on his head as a baby? But I mean, okay. it is what it is. Yeah. Uh, well, it obviously uh, knocked some sense into him because he's a Yankees yeah. fan. All right, so what do you have on Rodgers? All right, so I get the optimism, and obviously being Jets fans, not having anything to go on for forever, I feel, do you think there's a bigger chance that the Jets with Rodgers win the Super Bowl or don't make the playoffs at all? Oh, better chance. I mean, it's so hard to win a Super Bowl, and there's injuries that are involved. So, so much has to go right. Right. Now. I mean, I, I would say there's a better chance that they that they don't make the playoffs. I think a better question would be, Getting into the AFC Championship, is there a better chance that they get into the AFC Championship game or not make the playoffs would be a better one. But still, the answer is always going to be not make the playoffs because there's so many variables of things that could go wrong, especially with injury. So that's probably where I would go. But, I mean, it puts them in the conversation. If he joins the Jets, they are all of a sudden in the conversation. Uh, Gene is in Northport. What's going on, Gene? Hi. Good morning. Hey, Gene. Gene, what's happening? Well, I have a question just earlier of the bank. Yeah. Interested. Yeah. Just in your opinions, uh, both of you. Um, with all this regulation, people like Elizabeth Warren and others yelling about banking regulations, financial institution regulations, how the heck did they miss this? Well, how did they miss FTX? They were taking all the money, all the campaign <laughs> money was coming their way from FTX, and they missed that too. I mean, yeah, you know, I mean, listen, they missed, okay. they, they missed Lehman Brothers back in 2008. And by the way, I think I read where the former CFO of Lehman Brothers is the CFO of this stupid bank. Get out it, no, get out of here. Yes? Really? No way. There's really? no way. That I, I, that's got to be. Out, check that out. I that's got to that. be one of those I was fake reading, Twitter things. I was reading a million things yesterday, and I think I saw that. I don't know if that's true. But I have to say, Gene, none, none of this stuff surprises me. I don't think anybody's paying attention to anything. I mean, no, I, I agree with you. None of it surprises me either. The incompetence or the hypocrisy or the corruption. I don't know what it is. Yeah, it is 100 percent. Like, I mean, either. We, we have a governor that's more worried about your gas stove than basically the, <laughs> you know, the safety on the streets and getting the MTA straightened out. <laughs> that's, a good, that's a good point. You're right. I mean, Jesus, I mean, come on, let's let's face facts here. Ever, ever since I heard that story about the gas stove thing, every it's time true, I like this, I coming. know, but every time I light the stove, I laugh because I think about it. I'm like, these people are just out of their minds. They're out of their minds. Like, if they're going to come in and like seize our gas stoves. You wonder why you can't have some realistic, practical person actually in office, you know, from Santos to Hochul to every other idiot in between. Well, it's because the smart people don't want to be politicians. They don't want to deal with it. They don't right. want to deal with the nonsense and, and just the backstabbing and, and all the crap that goes on in that. CBS Sports Network quickly before Jerry. So that CFO for Lehman Brothers that was he left like the year before the collapse was indeed the CFO for Silicon Valley Bank as well. So that just seemed outrageous to me. But you're absolutely right. That is uh, that's insane. That that's well, an interesting he was, one. He was the chief administrative officer for SVB. So yeah, he's involved. And uh, I don't know what to tell you. I, I don't know how you know impactful his decisions were. 
I don't know about federal policy, the Fed, and how in- interest rates have just basically had this bank collapse. But there was a, there was also <clears throat> warning signs. There were uh, executives within this bank that were sold, selling shares. Yeah, three three and a half million. The one <clears throat> guy did like two days before. You know, I don't know about all the regulations and how all those things you know go down. And I'm not well versed in that. I'm sure Guy Adami would be much more. Uh, a much better person asked than us, but I would just say, like, any executive that has sold shares within the last month should go to jail. That's the way I should look <laughs> yeah, at it. Yeah, 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 for sure. Now, I, I mean, maybe some of these decisions were made months in, 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 you know, in advance of all of this, and then finally they sold their shares, and then once executives start selling their shares, then the, then the people that are really savvy in, in this world... You know, the investment bankers and all the people that have had money in there. I'm sure that there are hedge funds that took money out of there within the last month to two months. I'm, I guarantee you they took a large swaths of money out of there. Yeah, went running in the and, other direction. And they, you know, and you got to look at all of that stuff and you got to wonder where they got information. You know, there's a thing that's called insider trading in this country. Oh, sure. It can put you away for a long time. I mean, Martha Stewart was under house arrest for it, right? I mean, they're going after Donald Trump and Stormy Daniels, $100,000 payment or some <laughs> crap. And meanwhile, th- these people are getting away with this kind of, you know, garbage. Stormy Daniels. Oh, my God. It's unbelievable. Uh, <laughs> all right, Jerry. Uh, transition into the sports update, please. Sure. Brought to you by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com and by Jack Pocket. Play official state lottery games on your your phone with Jack pocketing via nice Nick highlight late game in LA at state, not Staples Center. What's it called? Crypto.com Arena. Knicks and Lakers and RJ Barrett doing his thing. Randall going right to the rim again. Throws it out to Grimes. Grimes driving baseline. Throws it out to Barrett. RJ Barrett to the rim, lay it up and in. But they attack the rim well. He sounds miserable, doesn't yeah, I he? Know. He's. I think he does a talk show host out uh, He is, he is a talk show host out there, too, for their uh, ESPN radio station. So he's one of those guys who's working his ass off, grinding, and he gets a terrible season like this. LeBron's not playing. The Knicks come in and beat him. He's probably had it. They're How making a push, out. though. All right, so they are making a push. They have been making a push. D'Angelo yeah. Russell's been a nice ad for yeah. them. Um, when, when do they expect LeBron back? Do we know? I think they're still a couple weeks away. Yep. Maybe they just got to get into the playing game, and then anything's possible if he's healthy. I would I would agree with that, and I think what are they? Are they two games under five hundred now, right? Thirty three and thirty five. Yeah, they could. Maybe LeBron will come to the Knicks next year. We got Aaron Rodgers this year, Verlander this year. I told you when he's Patrick Kane this year, and then we'll get LeBron. You'll get LeBron to wrap up his season. Always wanted to play at the Garden. It's always been a great place. Loves it. Wish we'd done it earlier. And by the way, you know, we did leave on uh, Friday, and that's when Odell Beckham Jr. was having his workout. That's right, yeah. And that was supposedly unbelievable. And there was a Jet representative there. Mm-hmm. there however, there was no Cowboy representative there. And everybody's thinking and assuming that he's going to Jerry's World. Okay. So they didn't need to see the workout? I don't know. I think uh, I think anything is possible, depending on how much money. But, man, Odell Beckham Jr. and Aaron Rodgers in green? How about that? <laughs> that would be That would be amazing. All right, I'll come back to the moment. Hold on. Let's finish the basketball first. So the Knicks win 112-108. Randall 33, Barrett 30. Okay. Uh, Nets Nuggets. This is the, uh, remember I mentioned the fadeaway that yeah. Jokic had uh, yesterday late. Here it was trying to get the uh, the Nuggets. I think this would have put them ahead by one. I think the Nets were up 121-120 at this point. Denver to inbound on the baseline. They get it to Jokic. Foul line. 
Bums draws a double, tough fadeaway, no good, rebound Cam Johnson with 3.9 and he fell. And that was Chris Carino with the call on the fan, about as good as look as you would get, he would have a three then for the win at the end, wouldn't go down, and the Nets beat the Nuggets 122-120 as they've won five of their last six, Jacques Vaughn knows, outscoring Denver 37-18 in the third, huge. They came out third quarter with uh, most one of the most impressive quarters I've been around with this team, uh, I think we started to fly around 15 turnovers we produced tonight our ability just be disruptive whether yeah that's enough they were disruptive they played well defensively for as much as you can when you give up 120 points but you're also taking on the best team in the west they got the win spencer dinwiddie 16 assists michael bridges had 25 seven players and double figures for the nets did you see that report yesterday that the Nets were offered at the trade deadline four first-round picks for Mikhail Bridges from some team. Well, that was out there actually a couple of days oh, okay. after the trade went down. All right, I didn't see it then. And I thought that was kind of nuts. I, maybe there was truth to it, I guess. Yeah, it's, it, yeah maybe it was the this next. Kid, this mm. kid really is outstanding. I'm though. glad they kept him. Again, he seems like he's fitting right in. Seems like the real deal. You know, the amazing thing is about this team, like you can't hate them now. No, no, course. they're back to the way they were. Yeah, before yeah. All the nonsense. Like yep. Sean Marks got all the you know grade A pluses for unwinding from Billy King's uh, you know spending. Now he's unwinding right. from his own spending. <laughs> he's keeping his job, mess. I guess. What was the bigger mess? The Paul oh, Pierce, yeah. Kevin Garnett, yes. or this? This I, one. Oh, this one by far. Because mm, you had you had four stars coming through here. You yeah, had Durant, that, but that one you set had Kyrie back Irving. So many years. Yeah, but you had Durant, you had Kyrie Irving, Harden, and Ben Simmons. But I think that one was. But they gave away so many picks back then. Right. That's the thing. And it took them a long time to figure it out. Yeah, but how much money did they spend yeah, but, on But on you these can make the case maniacs. that they're going to be a good team very quickly. How much money I don't they care. spend in the last three years? I don't know. On four just aloof lunatics. I don't know. Really, the answer comes from, can they be a competent playoff team next year? If they're not... They might be this year. Well, yeah, but they've already got a head start a little bit. You know, and we'll see how they do in the playoffs. Well, but the Nets went from, you know, they were the worst team in basketball there. For, they didn't were they have atrocious. A, didn't they have like a 21-game losing streak at yeah, one point? Yes. I mean, they were so bad back you know, then. You know, it was when they were asking me and Craig to do net games over at the Brooklyn... You know, at the Barclays Center, just like when the Devils a couple of years ago, when they weren't any good, were right. asking you and me to do Devils games. You think they're reaching out to us now? Uh, no, no, of course not. No, because they things are going well. They're winning. They're mm -hmm. winning, 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 winning. You yeah. really want to go do a hockey game on the internet? No. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, so uh, with that win, the Nets are 39-29. and 29. Uh, You got Fairleigh Dickinson in the NCAA tournament play-in game Wednesday. We had the brackets announced last night. Princeton, Arizona Thursday. UConn and Iona on Friday. Who knows, could be the final game for Rick Pitino as the Iona head coach, unless they win and continue on. There's a lot of rumors that he could be the next head coach at St. John's or maybe somewhere else. I need, if you could find Rick Pitino saying March, that I need to hear. Because he says March better than anybody else. Does he really? He goes, match. March. Like, this is match. Match is where it's at. He Patino talks like Dave like Gettleman. He goes, Gettleman? match. I'm telling you. Really? Find him saying match. He goes, match. He sounds like Gettleman all of a sudden. Wow. Just with that one word. How but long I, was he in Boston for? Did that change him? I guess so. I mean, he's Providence. got that weird, like, he's got the, everything in the blender, you know, with the Northeast accents. So, so does he change depending upon where he is? 
Who was, no. the, who was the football Brian coach Kelly. that did that? Yes. Yeah, Brian Kelly. <laughs> that All of a sudden, he was talking <laughs> like the water boy, the Adam Sandler movie. <laughs> That's right. Hillary Clinton was very good at that, too, by the way. <laughs> Is that true? I wouldn't yes. know. Uh, Rutgers did not make it. Uh, here was Steve Peichel. They will go to the NIT. He goes, yes, this stinks. However, we're not finished yet. Just thankful um, this group put us in a position to get an NCAA bid, and now we're going to have to just... You know, take advantage of the NIT tournament. Nell, uh, like it, was, it was tough for him to say it, you know? Yeah. Like, like then, uh, All right, yeah, so let me ask you, you're, you're a, a college basketball freak, Jerry? <laughs> yes, freak. Yes. Freakazoid. Yes. Freakazoid. Yeah. So, obviously, there are four 12 versus five matchups. Right? And yeah. that's, like, that's like the money spot. In yeah, the it's, it has been, right? Yeah, okay. History. So, Charleston versus San Diego State. Charleston. Okay, that's Charleston is. Uh, they love Charleston. Everybody, Everybody loves Charleston. Loves Charleston. And they got like Everybody. 31 wins this year. Yeah, right? right. The other one, how about Oral Roberts versus Duke? <laughs> you Duke. don't like that one? No, no Duke's going to win that. Okay, how about VCU like versus St. Mary's? <laughs> Come on now. Jerry, stop. <laughs> Who had Oral? What? How about uh, <laughs> VCU versus St. Mary's? I don't know anything about either of them, so I'll take the 12. Okay, <laughs> and then you have Drake. Versus Miami. That was another team people said. Watch Drake go deep into this thing like Sweet 16. Okay. Okay, so they got Miami. Miami. really good, though. Isn't Miami right like eighth in the country? All right, well, there's St. Mary's and VCU on the screen. Yes, it is. In Albany. So you didn't answer me. So, But you guys do like Charleston. I said Charleston. 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 What about Drake? You like Drake? I don't know anything about Drake. You like Drake? I love Drake. There was some team in there. I love Oral. (laughs) Is that you? That's you. That's me? You gotta love Oral. <laughs> That's uh, you. you know, Eddie, you're, you're an idiot. <laughs> you're an idiot. Right. Is he talking about Oral Hershiser? Is he talking about Oral Roberts? That's what? Oral Hershiser. Oh, yeah, all right, good. Yeah. <laughs> or just Oral. <laughs> See, if I were Evan, I would have named one of the sons Oral. You know, because that would have been great. Oral Roberts. He'd right up his alley, too. I know. <laughs> Perfect. Who was Oral Roberts? Anybody have any idea? No. No, I don't, actually. <laughs> Sounds like a preacher. I was going to say maybe a military man. He's no, a televangelist. He's a televangelist. Yeah. He, uh, a televangelist. Reminds me of the guy that buried the plates up here in, <laughs> uh, up in the Adirondacks. Joseph Smith? Yeah, Joe Smith. He Start. found the plates. He didn't bury them. He found them. <laughs> okay. Who buried them? Well, God, I guess. <laughs> Wait, this guy, Oral Roberts, was alive all the way up to 2009? And he had his own university, huh? Yeah. Man. That's kind of cool, actually. Steep in, based steep in religion. Yeah, and they got a great basketball team? That's interesting. Hmm. How about that? <laughs> Why you're saying that, you know, people believe in God? No, no, no. I'm saying, no, that's not, that's not what I... <laughs> I didn't mean it like that. I meant that, like, usually, like, I guess Liberty gets occasionally has some decent sports teams, too. World pleasures. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, good for Oral Roberts. <laughs> yeah. So Rutgers Hofstra tomorrow night at Jersey Mike's Arena as Rutgers is a one seed in the NIT. You've got Aaron Rodgers from the weekend, the I Am Athlete podcast with Brandon Marshall. And give Marshall credit. He was relentless in trying to get answers from Rodgers. Hey, Rod. Little bit of chemistry here. What are we doing? Hey, Rod. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. How long we got to wait? Well, I think it won't be long. 
There's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a time there's a time limit. Oh, nice. You know what I think? What well, we there's should do is that uh, when he does sign and he doesn't he doesn't know anything about Tribeca, he should come down and hang out with us. Oh my God! Imagine and we could show him all around Tribeca. That would be just crazy. He would be. I could just see him bopping around. He's over at Westville having a little cup of tea and one yeah. of those omelets. Like it'd be perfect. Now, don't you think this would be a great place for him down yeah. here? Yeah, I have Eddie show him where all the free parking spots are. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> You know what? He could buy your parking garage next door if you wanted to. That is very true. I mean, he's starting to sound a little bit like Eddie, Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Stay tuned. You know, he kind of has that going on. <laughs> Doesn't he? It wouldn't be long. He's, got, he's morphing into that. Beginning of his career, he never sounded like that. The more weird crap he's doing in the offseason, it sounds like Eddie. <laughs> I don't know. We'll find that soon. <laughs> Eddie and Eric Rogers out there talking about part. Uh, this is an alternate side day. Oh, really? What does alternate side mean? Well, it means that this is street sweepers. <laughs> yeah, he'd get really screwed up by that, huh? <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Like when you ask Eddie how he is, he says, as I must be. Aaron Rodgers could definitely be saying that. Oh, he'd love that. He would eat that mm. right up. Oh, I'm going to steal that. Mm, you may have it, Aaron. <laughs> I don't know if you're doing Aaron Rodgers or Eddie now. Well, that's what I'm saying. They're just talking. They speak the same. They're just going back and forth. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Sunday, the Jets signed linebacker Quincy Williams. Three-year deal, $18 million. Sterling Shepard, a one-year deal from the Giants. And Jalen Ramsey goes from the Rams to the Dolphins. Um, here was yeah, we have time. Here was Derek Carr. He is now in New Orleans. We heard from him over the weekend. His first meal, you would think, pretty cool. I guess. You know, with all the great food, the first place we went was Chipotle because we didn't know anything. Uh, and, and we walked in there and we couldn't get out of there because of the love from everyone in that uh, in, in that building. You believe that? You uh, believe that he is like a, uh, a man amongst boys now in New Orleans? <sighs> yeah, I mean, maybe. I just don't know how, like, or you don't know anything, so you go to Chipotle. Just walk into any restaurant. Use your phone. What are you talking about? <laughs> I mean, you're making God knows how much money. Go on go, Yelp. Right. Best restaurants in New Orleans and yeah. go there. Or he's got a deal with Chipotle. Guarantee it. 100%. Maybe. maybe or maybe he's right. looking for a deal with Chipotle. Probably. I mean, something, because that's just idiotic. You go down there, you get a muffaletta, you go get a beignet, you go get some gumbo. You know what? Time out. There's been Super Bowls down there. Yeah. And he's had to be there just to be promoting something other than, you know, obviously his team wasn't in the game. You would think. All those players that come in around the Super Bowl. Yeah. He's never been there. I mean, the Raiders have had to play there. Yeah, but he's never ventured out. Right. I mean, when you go there. There are a lot of great restaurants. There's no question about that. Yeah, no, a ton. Emeril Lagasse's got restaurants. Yeah, all over the place. Hmm. Uh, the commanders gave Deron Payne a four-year, $90 million contract, $60 million guaranteed. He was tagged a couple of weeks ago, yes, so it worked out a long-term deal. Uh, spring baseball, Yankees, Red Sox, 3-3 tie. Mets lost to the race 10-4. You got Yankees, Twins today, Mets, Marlins today as well. The U.S. lost big to Mexico at the World Baseball Classic 11-5. Penguins beat the Rangers in overtime 3-2. The game winner from Chris Letang. They outscore them. The Rangers did one nothing in the third to get the game even. Here was Gerard Gallant. What was the difference there? Well, we played our game. We forechecked. We uh, reset pucks. We got pucks to the net. So I, I just thought we skated and it was a... <laughs> Probably the best crew we had in about the night last night or ten. <laughs> Meantime, the devil shut out the Hurricanes 3 nothing. Two goals from Brat. You scores as well. Vitek Vanacek with 32 saves. And in golf, Scotty Scheffler wins the Players' Championship. i give you just one, though, from Rory, who did miss the cut. Yes. Um, here he was and goes back to the Phil comments when he was uh, first thinking about Liv and leaving Liv 
to make things more competitive and make guys more money. Here was Rory on Friday, or maybe even Thursday. Uh, yes, that has absolutely been the case, and guys are getting wealthy. Look, I, I'm not going to sit here and lie. I mean, I think the emergence of Liv or the emergence of a competitor to the PGA Tour has benefited everyone that plays elite professional golf. Do you, I don't there, know is a, there is a Live. great article out there that explains how this whole thing came about and how Jay Monahan, the commissioner of the PGA Tour, basically did not want to take Phil Mickelson's ideas and put them into play so there would be more money for more PGA players to, to make. And then ultimately, it borne out live. Live. Live, damn it. <laughs> so all I can tell you is that, yes, everybody's making more You see more how money. much Scheffler made yesterday? Yes, of course. Four and a half million dollars. That's mm-hmm. because that's an elevated, that's an elevated tournament. Crap. Like the Honda was not an elevated tournament, so none of those guys showed up. Right. There were, well, so yeah. So if the money's elevated, all these guys are going to show up. It was a, you know, kind of a Spartan field for the Honda. But for this one yesterday, of course, that TPC Sawgrass is an iconic golf course. And that 16th hole, that par three is amazing. You see that one hole in one? That the, the yesterday, guy, yesterday. Yeah, yeah. It, it hit and went right in the hole. I mean, <laughs> that doesn't hit the hole that's going over. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> that's incredible. So there you have it. On the fan in CBS Sports Network. Interesting going through uh, Calvin Johnson's career and some of the quarterbacks he played with. And Matt Stafford was there for a majority of his career, but some of the guys prior to that. Was well, like, he, had, he had Sean Hill, who yeah. was the University of Maryland quarterback, with an 11 year uh, you know, career. He had John Kitna, mm-hmm. more than serviceable, quality quarterback. Uh, he had Dan Orvlosky. Yeah, <laughs> yes, he did. He obviously played in that game where Dan stepped out of the end zone. That's correct. Uh, he also played on an 0 and 16 team, mm-hmm. a three year uh, career span from 08, 09, and 10, 8 and 40. <laughs> you know, mean, remember, he also retired early. He retired at the age of 30, kind of like Barry Sanders mm-hmm. retired. Yeah. And. Uh, even at the age of 30, like going, you know, he had a great year, his final year, twelve over 1,200 yards and nine touchdowns. Yep, that's right. So he, t- 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 when is he eligible? He's, no, he's already, is he already in? The, he's already in the Hall of Fame. Oh, yeah. He, you know, think yeah, about yeah, that. Yeah, right. So he left early. Barry Sanders left early. Two of the best players at their respective positions in the history of the league yep. played for the Detroit Lions. Hmm. And though that team has been one of those teams that everybody makes fun of, but um, they've got individual greatness for sure. Maybe yeah. Dan, maybe uh, Dan Campbell will change that. <sighs> yeah, had a great end of the season last year, but you know it was a couple prior. They lost that one really bad game. What was that terrible? Did they lose to the Falcons or the Texans or somebody terrible? And then that knocked them off the track for the playoffs. And they obviously beat Green Bay at the end of the year, even though they had nothing to play for. But they were on that really ridiculous run, and they lost an awful Was game. anybody rooting harder for any coach in the NFL than that guy? Yeah, nobody. I mean, he was it, especially with him on Hard Knocks, too. Yeah, he was great. He on was top great. of it. He's your, your old school coach, comes from... You know, the, the Parcells kind of tree and all that other stuff. And yeah. runs his football team like that. And, I, you know, part of me says, you know, you don't always have to be, hey, it's okay. Everything's going to be fine. Like you the, get the, in somebody's face. The Kevin O'Connell model. The Mike, Rob, McDa- Mike McDaniel. Mike McDa- Rob Sala model. Rob Sala. Hey, listen, it's okay to be Brian Dable. 
Yeah. It's all right to get in the face of somebody. And they love him for that. They love and respect him for that. I, I know we've often talked about this, but our high school football coaches were that way. <laughs> and, 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 and everybody, you, you didn't play as much as I did, and you didn't have maybe as much interaction with the head coach sure. as I did. But, man, I love being coached that way, being coached hard, being challenged every single day. Some of the things that I carry to this day, I... I will never be late for fear of, I think if I'm late somewhere, like <laughs> yeah. Joe Sipp's going to call me, no matter where it is. Doctor's appointment here, whatever, was always because if you showed up late to that football practice and everybody else was in the horseshoe and you came running out afterwards, you were running the whole practice. Right. The whole practice. You get embarrassed in front of everybody. Uh, but yeah, they, I mean, they, they laid the foundation for a lot of things for me. And, be, and because they cared so much, you know, they, they did, and they 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 taught you respect, discipline, uh, you know, honor. I guess you could throw in there, if you will. I mean, I always say high school coaches are maker, makers of men, but they are the ones, you know, when they do it right, they have a profound impact on you. And being coached hard was something that I needed not only uh, in high school; I needed it in college as well. Yeah. You know, I played for a hard ass coach when I first got to Maryland. His name was Coach Claiborne, Jerry Claiborne. And, you know, he was a disciple of Bear Bryant. Mm -hmm. So, and he was a Southern Baptist. He never cursed, but there was, he was very inflexible. Yeah. It was one way or you are gone. And our offense, as antiquated as it was, it made us as quarterbacks be a part of the football team and we had to be tough. We would pitch it to our halfback and we would be the leading blocker going around the corner. You know, in a conference that had LT and the the, the Perry brothers yeah. and people like that out on the other side of the <laughs> offensive line, man. And if you didn't get your, your nose buried in there and you weren't involved in that, they'd call you out and they'd take you off the field. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. I mean, and that was those film sessions, man. If you, even at Belport High School, if you were the guy who didn't show that effort, oh boy. Hey, listen, even the great Joe Krivak and, and uh, Ralph Friedgen and Bobby Ross, man. You messed up on the practice field, they let you know about it. Sure. There was no holding back. You know, and I you know there are different ways of coaching and, and, and getting the best out of people. And like you Pete be... Carroll's done it the other way and yes. done pretty well with that way. Yeah, I, I played for him yeah. too. Mm -hmm. And I always felt like his way was a way where the older players in the room would take advantage of his way. Mm-hmm. Because it was unique. You know, we'd be shooting baskets. There was a hoop up outside. He loved playing basketball. And even before practice, we'd be shooting hoops and stuff like that. And um, just the older player will, will take advantage when they see an opportunity. You know, when, when there's an opportunity to take advantage of somebody, they'll find a way to do it. Like DeAndre Hopkins and Cliff Kingsbury? Yes, exactly. Something like that? You know, Bill, you know, Bill O'Brien... To his credit, and people don't give him credit for this, and they never will. They'll only just completely um, criticize him, recognize that he had a problem, that he had a wide receiver who was great on the field, but off the field, didn't want to show up to practice, was always hurt, was late to meetings, things of that nature. And that's the reputation that DeAndre has. On the field, amazing. Off the field, really difficult to deal with. And really was not uh, a great team guy in terms of really setting the example like a Jerry Rice would. Sure. Like a Jerry Rice would set the example. I'm sure Calvin set the example. At least that's what, you know, Nate Burleson has said about Calvin. You know, on the practice field, he was just as tough as he was on the game field. Yeah. And that's really what you want. I know that's what all coaches want. And that's why they paid Daniel Jones here. Because they know he's going to give them that part of it. 
that, you know, this $41 million, it's a lot of money. And it may not equate to, you know, 35 touchdown passes. I'm not sure, depending on what they do in free agency here. But what, they'll, what they will get from him is a commitment to be the guy, to be the face of the franchise, to show up, to run the practices, to be in the meeting rooms, to be on time, the last guy to leave. He will set all the examples that you want your leaders to set. And that's one of the reasons I believe that they, they, they had no other, other way to turn or no other where, no, no else to go, nowhere else to go. And they, they gave him the money because of that. So I'm going to bring you back. It was the year Calvin Johnson got drafted. Joe and Evan did the draft show from Radio City Musical. And me and John Schmelk produced this thing. And we had all the players that were there come over to our set. That's when like it was easy for us to get guests. And when Calvin Johnson came over, he was so nice. He was awesome. But I remember shaking his hand. His hand like enveloped my little skinny puny hand. And he was on the Lions. And I knew that this guy was going to be a problem catching mm. passes over the DBs of the Minnesota Vikings for years. Didn't think he was going to be a Hall of Famer at that point. You but just I never know. That's, but you know. seeing someone like that, like when they first get drafted, and he looks like he's been in the NFL for 10 years. You just knew. So I'm sure he looks great now, too. You know, it's the amazing thing. We always thought we, we joke about hand sizes and stuff yeah, like yeah. that for quarterbacks. Right. The quarterbacks in this draft class pretty much all have enormous hands. Enormous? Enormous. Wow. Ten or more inches. Even Bryce Young? I believe he has at least a 10-inch hand. Wow. All right. Calvin Johnson joins us next. Hall of Famer in studio on the Fan and CBS Sports Network. Coming to you live from the Bill Ford Talk Studio on the Fan and CBS Sports Network. As promised, Hall of Famer Calvin Johnson is with us. One of the great wide receivers we have ever seen, especially in my football-watching lifetime. So it's very cool to have him in studio. And he's got a new business venture, a cannabis company called Primitive. And you sent us the stuff. I got it right here. Primitive Performance. Got a little drink situation here, a little powder in the drink. And I got some cream that I'm really excited to put on all my pickleball injuries because apparently it uh, <laughs> reduces the inflammation. Calvin, good morning. What's happening? Good morning, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, oh, Calvin, it's great to see you. I'm just wondering, during the season, do does your ear do your ears <laughs> ring? Because you know Nate Burleson's always telling me the stories about Calvin Johnson, <laughs> the great stories, how great a practice player you were, and then what a kind of guy you were off the field. Um, I think it's ringing more so come watching y'all on Sunday all the time. <laughs> I get to see y'all in my in my den with the TV all of loud. So you do watch? Heck yeah. And you still watch football? You still, you're reconnected with the Lions now, right? We're, we're working on getting back to connecting, man. Uh, Mike Dizzer over there, I think he's the new CEO over there. He's been in town for a, a couple of years now. I mean, it's been great trying to um, re, re, um, kindle that relationship. You know, before we get to this, I just want to ask you. So you and Barry Sanders both retired early. And you both gave up bonus money, right? You had to pay the Lions mm-hmm. back. Yeah. Are you the only two guys that have ever had to do that? I doubt it. I don't know. But, it, I mean, it's a big deal with us, I guess. Because, I guess, Barry obviously was a big deal when he retired. It's a big deal when I retired. And then, just like Barry did, it made it even more, much uh, even larger deal. So, um, I'm sure it's, it's got to. It's had to have happened to other people. I, I just want people out there to understand how the NFL contracts work. So, how, do you remember how much you had to give back to them? Yeah, it's just uh, a million and a half. 
still. I mean, that's, I mean, that's ridiculous. Now, let me ask you this. You retire when you're 30 and you see these wide receivers and what they're making these days. <laughs> would that have enticed you to stay had the money been that big? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's tough to give up 30 M's, man. <laughs> yeah, <you're right. laughs> All right. So when that, did, that was that the start of the issue with you and the organization, the giving the money back? Is that where it started? Yeah, that, I mean, it wouldn't have been no issue if they didn't come for me um, for the money. I would yeah. have been in there just having a good time with the players now. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. I mean, you, know, you know, it's amazing to me is that you went through three years. We just went over it. Where the Lions' record was eight and forty, and yet <laughs> you still it. started every single game. You went through that winless season. Uh, you had a number of different quarterbacks before Matthew Stafford got there, but yet, and, and Nate has always told me this. He goes, "You never changed from you know whether you're winning or losing. You were committed to your craft." Yes, sir. I mean, it's just, I mean, it's a day by day, you know, it's, it, my thing was just trying to improve myself, whether, whatever the situation was around me, you know, just incrementally improving myself day by day, picking something, uh, attribute to work on day by day, no matter what was going on around me. It wasn't good. Did you ever ask them for a trade to get out of there because of all the nonsense? That not, to the, not, not to the very end when I was about to retire. Yeah. What was the team that you <clears throat> envisioned if you kept playing? What was the team that tempted you the most? I would have Green Bay to play with Aaron. Really? Well, Aaron, I mean, I, I was probably biased because I saw Aaron twice a year, you know, but I mean, the man was bad. The man was a bad guy, and uh, I would love to have been a bad guy with him. He <laughs> <laughs> would have been unbelievable. Oh, with my him. goodness. You know, it's interesting. Obviously, you know what's going on in the football world because everybody's thinking that the Jets are making a trade with Green Bay to get Aaron Rodgers here. And, you know, we got a young, very talented wide receiver in Garrett Wilson. Mm -hmm. We have Elijah Moore here. Corey Davis is still on the roster right now. I don't know if he'll remain there. Uh, what do you think of the prospects of Aaron Rodgers coming to the Jets? I think he likes it. Obviously, Green Bay, I mean, he's been there his whole career, so there's definitely some some value there. But, I mean, I think they have a great defense here with the Jets. I think that he loves uh, Robert over there. I think that... Uh, I mean, he will come. He will, he will come here, and it will be his team. He's he's that kind of player that you know. I don't think it matters where he goes; he's going to have success. And if he was to come to New York, I would expect nothing less. Talking to Hall of Famer Calvin Johnson in studios here with Primitive Performance, his new cannabis company. Uh, he's going to tell us uh, all about. Do you have Aaron Rodgers' number in your phone? I don't. You don't. <laughs> you, by the way, he may have loved some of this cannabis. I don't know. <laughs> I was going to say because you mix did, it with some ayahuasca. Do you think? Do you think if you did have his number, you called him right now? You think he would pick up? Says Calvin Johnson on the other end. Yeah, man. I, I remember when we were playing. Aaron, whenever he made a run to our sideline, he's like, "Man, I'm gonna work on getting you over here on this sideline." I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> wow. He's, saying, he's just playing what you're doing in the game is what he was doing. He's trying to get you yeah. off your game. Right. All right. So uh, if I take primitive, why why am I taking primitive? Yes. Uh, primitive performance. We created this because, you know, products that we use while we were playing, we wanted to take those and add cannabinoids to them because because we understand the healing properties of cannabis. Yeah. Or in, in this case, it's CBD, CBG, uh, CBN, and CB, uh, CBD. Uh, we understand the anti-inflammatory properties that those cannabinoids have. And that's a big problem that, um, that, that we deal with in the league. You know, a lot of our pain comes from anti-inflammation. Uh, so if we can target inflammation, you know, and get rid of it and um, help uh, our players, people, uh, athletes in general, live a better quality of life, that's our goal. You take a look at us, you can see we're all swole. Yeah, we're all, yeah. <laughs> we're all inflamed all the time, yeah, man. we're always inflamed. We're always inflamed <laughs> over here. You're killing me. Yeah, man. I'm 61 years old now. Throw it on, slather it on. Is this okay for older people? This is great for everybody. All right, good. Yes, sir. Especially for old people. You want some of this cream? The cream is what I'm most excited about yeah. because I have my bumps and bruises. My, my, I was doing the 
Dancing with the Stars show. Yes. Oh I was my about God, to quit because my ankles were swelled up on me all the time. They, they started swelling up on me. I just couldn't move. Yeah. And one of my buddies from college brought me a topical um, and a little green jar to gold cap. And I started using it and my swelling subsided over the next couple of days. And at that point, I was like, holy crap. Like, let's get down to the science of this. Let's go. Let's dive deeper into uh, cannabis. Like I say, it's always stigmatized heavily when growing, I was growing up. Um, from family to just everybody. I'm from the South and, you know, to have my own experiences with it in college and to really see, um, hold up, this is, there's something different than what everybody's telling me about this. You know, so that's when I want to dive in. Here you go. Slap some on you. It smells like Ben Gay. It smells delicious. <laughs> yeah, it has it does. menthol. You want to rub some on my feet? Green. Yeah, please. Yeah, Because, no, 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 no. okay. <laughs> right. you know, it's my heel. <laughs> it's really his yeah. plantar fasciitis. Oh, that's yes, an issue. Yes, indeed. Calvin, would you like to rub it on his feet or you want me to do it? Got some gloves? <laughs> <laughs> I'll rub it on his feet. Which foot first? What do you want? The left foot right on the arch. Oh, here we go. There we go. Get this up? Make sure we get this on camera. <laughs> I love it. Here we go. Oh, that's yeah. Oh, is that better already? I'm tickling. <laughs> Jesus. All right, so, all right, so he's going to start feeling better when? Like now? Now. Like now, right now. Right now. <laughs> all right. I hope so. All right, very, very good. Uh, I had some sweaty feet. Are you a big, wanna... uh, you big weed guy? Is that where this came from? You no, know, I got in. And I, my first experience with cannabis was um, when I first stepped onto a college campus. And uh, like I said, the stigma and everything, it was a great experience. You know, everybody's telling me it was this and that. And I'm sitting here walking on clouds with a big smile on my face. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> but like I say, it, it wasn't until my own experience with it, with uh, inflammation and really seeing how it affected that, um, that I was like, you know, I really want to be a part of this business. Because I feel like we can really check fame, uh, affect change for the masses. So you were talking about going to college. And, and I remember you at Georgia Tech. They didn't throw the ball there. Not, not when I was That's there. That's what I'm saying. They yeah. didn't throw the ball, and then you got drafted so high. I'm like, how How do you think you were discovered? I had Chan Gailey. Okay. Mm. Paul Johnson, was he brought the um, the triple option through and just like... Paul Johnson from Navy? That's yes, from Navy, correct. Right? Yeah, yes. correct. He brought that through for 10 years, and... <laughs> Not to say it, it, it hurt the program, but where the program is today, it's hard for them to recruit and get those players because nobody feels like they're going to go to the league running the triple option. Right. But you were there with the triple option? No, I, I had Chan. So Chan Gailey, um, I had him. He was from, you know, he coached Dallas. Yeah, and all, so I had, I had a pro style. Okay, I had a pro did. style offense. I didn't know. Yeah, I'm false fortunate. <laughs> Georgia Tech, man. I'll tell you, you, you guys were in the ACC. Yes, sir. So the, where, where, where was Bobby Ross was before that? Before, yeah. So Bobby Ross won a national championship mm -hmm. before that. Right, okay. Mm -hmm. Do you ever think back and and say, if I got drafted by another organization, <laughs> I could have rings all over the place. I could have Lombardis. I, I mean, you were first ballot Hall of Famer, so you got that despite being alive. But do you ever think, like, I, if I got drafted somewhere else? It's it's kind of like all I said about Aaron earlier, man. It's like, like in the moment, don't think about it. But in hindsight, realize like, I could have went and played anywhere. It has success anywhere just because of the way I just because my my demeanor, how I played, right. and how I addressed, the, how I approached the game. That's what I say about Aaron. That's why I feel the same way about uh, Lamar Jackson. Yeah, you know, whether he's in Baltimore or wherever. What's going on with a, him? He, that's a that's a different kind of player. You know, what, what, but, but do that, wide receivers like playing with Lamar Jackson? Do wide receivers like playing with Lamar? If he's not, hey, if Lamar keeps his head down the field while he's scrambling and he's throwing the ball down yeah, the field. Yeah, it's a different story, though, man. You're playing yeah. with Aaron Rodgers. It's not about scrambling. It's about getting to where you're supposed to be, and he's going to throw it, and he's going to read you, right? Correct, yeah. So, but he's more of a passing quarterback. I mean, the, the big rub against Lamar is that he's not a passing quarterback. As a matter of fact, Hollywood Brown wanted out of there. 
when he was a young player, and you would think that you know you'd want to be playing with Lamar, but he did not. He wanted to go play with Kyler Murray in Arizona. How'd that work out? Yeah, that, that right. That's another yeah, mess. Yeah. That was... <laughs> what, do you, what, do you th- what do you think happens with Lamar? You know, um, what I have heard and what I've seen is just like you know you're trying to represent yourself. Um, I feel like that's playing against them a little bit here. Honestly. Well, the other thing too, which is interesting, is that. All right, so they put the tag on him, the mm-hmm. non-exclusive franchise yep. tag. Yep. And now starts this tampering period. Mm-hmm. But you can't tamper with a player directly. You can tamper with their agents. So that means he cannot that. talk to anybody until Wednesday. So he can't talk to anybody. He can't accept any offers if there are any out there for them. And I think Baltimore's asking other teams to do their bidding now because all of a sudden they're at a logger, loggerheads and they're they're not going to come to an agreement. I didn't know that. I had no idea that he couldn't without an agent. Without the, okay. Yeah. Same wow. thing with Richard Sherman at that time. Like you know, if you if you just can't, you, they can't call you because mm. you can't directly speak with a player. That's a weird thing. I, I I've I've said this now for two yeah. years in regards to Lamar Jackson. That he should have an agent because this contract should have been done two years ago. Yeah, I mean, this is the kind of thing where, you know, you kind of say if you don't have to waste your time doing it, you know, allow somebody else to take on that responsibility for him. And this is one of those things that he don't have time to to be his own agent. You know, it takes too much time. Obviously, the mental stuff you got to go through with being in those meetings, you know, I don't think that um, that was probably the best um informed decision probably with not having an agent just because like just to alleviate yourself from those things yeah so you can live your life because i could imagine that that's all he's personal. been thinking about that's yeah. all you're doing that's all you're internalizing everything that's happening from now i don't know how long this whole situation has been going on two years it's been going on so for two years so when, Deshaun, Deshaun, when yeah, Deshaun got his contract from cleveland steve bashotti the owner of the, uh, the baltimore ravens came out and said this is going to be a problem yeah this all guaranteed contract yeah. that cleveland gave Deshaun watson is yeah, going to be a problem and then, you know, the other thing, too, is, number one, he had a PCL last year. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Do you ever have a PCL injury? Yep, yep. So you know about this. Mm-hmm. So there, there is the thought down there, and, and I've heard this from numerous people that, you know, are plugged into Baltimore, that they felt like he quit on them last year. Do you think that that is a possibility? Or do you think protecting yourself coming off of a PCL injury supersedes any of that? Being a, I mean, you're a former player, too. Um I'm not in that locker room. I know he didn't travel with the team. I wasn't. I, I, it's hard for me to tell, say what a guy's injury is because I played plenty of games where I probably shouldn't be playing. Or I probably shouldn't be out there when they said I should be out there. So it's, that's that's a tough one for me to you know comment on with, without knowing any of the details of his injury. All right, but we're in Geo with Calvin Johnson. He's here with his new cannabis company, Primitive. Who was the worst defensive back that you ever played against? Like the guy, the that worst. You, yeah, the worst. Or the uh, one I hated going against. The no, most. no, 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 no. Because that's the obvious question. I, I want to know the worst one. Ass like that, man. <laughs> the, the, the yeah, come on. See, that's not who Calvin Johnson yeah, is. is. But like, who was the guy you saw? Like, I'm gonna have a great day. Like, this is like ten catches, 180 yards, three touchdowns. Um, <laughs> um, you know what? The first time I played Brent Grimes. I thought that was going to be the case. Really? Uh, that wasn't the case, though. Brent was a great player. Yeah, you um, thought it was going to be the um, case. It had to be a Vikings defensive back. It had to be. <laughs> it definitely was. So, okay, yeah, just, yeah. Because, just because you're a Vikings fan. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, Vikings did have a couple no-name corners. Not, I, I, no, that's disrespectful. No. <laughs> they had a couple players that people just didn't know their name. Okay. <laughs> say that yeah. there. All right. Um, and I feel like that was a long time ever. I feel like that was like most of my career. I mean, I had Cedric Griffin early. But after Cedric Griffin was gone, um, they didn't have anybody with safeties. <laughs> you know, you know, the, you know, the amazing thing is, though, when you think about it, 
yeah. with all the losing that the Lions did mm -hmm. when Calvin was there. You know, I, who are you to be taking shots at anybody, right? <laughs> well, he's a Hall of Famer. That's right. He's a Hall of Famer. Yeah. So, it's, do you miss it at all? Did you feel like you had more in the tank and miss it? Um, I felt at, when I when I actually retired, man. I, I was going to retire the year before uh, after my eighth season. I asked my dad. I was sat on the couch with him, like literally, like a couple of days after the season ended. I'm first thing smoking down to Atlanta. And sitting there like, man, Dad, I don't think I can do it anymore. Like, just mentally, I don't want to go do it again. And he looked at me, he's like, can you do it one more time? And I sat there and thought about it. And as I was thinking about it, he's like, well, since you're thinking about it, you can do it one more time. <laughs> so that's why I came back for my last season. Um, but I, I, I kind of knew I was at the end there just because my body, it wasn't bouncing back like it was, like it used to. I didn't have spring in my ankles. Mm -hmm. I feel like I was running on flat feet all the time. The swelling was just nonstop. It was <sighs> It's too much to deal with. And then, you know, that on top of that is losing. Yeah. Losing hurts, too. I mean, oh, losing, just... that, that plays against your mental. Yeah. yeah. So let me ask you this. Are you, are you living in Atlanta now? No, I'm in Michigan. Business. Yeah. The business oh. keeps me in Michigan. In Michigan. Oh, okay. So, oh, but, you, okay. but you're aware of Atlanta, of course, because mm -hmm. that's where you're from, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So uh, Lamar Jackson at the Atlanta Falcons makes too much sense, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I thought the Atlanta pulled, I thought they pulled out. Well, nobody knows really what's going oh, on. You they know, said they season. did. You know that. Man, Atlanta would Atlanta would lose it just because it's like a, the second version of Michael Vick coming to it. That's what I'm saying. Like, how <laughs> much money it. would Arthur Blank make just in the first year if they signed Lamar yeah. Jackson? I mean, sold out stadium. I mean, he's probably been selling out the stadium since they built a new one. But goodness gracious, they're going to sell it out like they do the soccer games down there, right? <laughs> just like the sponsorship, the ticket prices, all the gear, everything would go up. Mm -hmm. It would be an unbelievable spot. How, That's where I think you should go. How many square feet do you have in your house in Michigan? Like I could imagine, he's got you. Got to have the biggest goddamn house in Michigan. Like seriously, you? How many? What do you got? Like 150 acres and like a 10,000 square foot house. You're Calvin Johnson living in Michigan. That's too much house to clean up. I just figured. I just figured it'd be a situation. Dan Campbell, would you love to play for him? You like him? I played with Dan Campbell when um when I was a rookie, man. Oh wow! This is why I respect Dan so much, man. Dan was our starting on tight end. Um. I guess it doesn't say much for, for our depth in Detroit. But, you know, he was on one shoulder. He was on one arm, literally. Yeah. And he's starting football games, finishing football games. And I just was sitting there watching this guy with a whole cast on his whole arm going out there, blocking these defensive ends out of with, with the freaking Vikings, the Williams brothers and the Vikings yeah. and all that. And, you know, he's just a soldier. So I can only imagine, you know, what it feels like to play for somebody um, like that. I, I'm hoping that the guys there know that he was a, that what kind of player he was. I'm, yeah. I think that they kind of were learning that. Whether they learned it this year or just came out through just him being a the, the great dude that he is, um, you know it's just great to see those guys playing for him. And I would love to play for a, a coach that played the game. Who who do you think was responsible for holding that money back? Was it Martha Ford? Was she the one who made that decision? I don't know, man. I I have my I think it was the president, you know, oh, okay. honestly. But at, at the end of the day, she has to make the final decision. Yeah, right. It's not like the president. And they also have to follow kind of the rules of the NFL. They don't want to set precedent. Eh, right. I mean, you don't oh, want to okay. set a present, but it depends on the player you're going after, too, I think. I think that, you know, if it's a certain guy or certain guys, you know, but if it's somebody who's just, like, just dipped out on you and it wasn't worth anything and do anything for you, didn't fill your stands up, it's a different story. Exactly. How many first ballot Hall of Famers have played for that organization? Not a lot. All Barry Sanders okay. and him. That's it. Two. We're talking about two, and they're screwing yeah. one of them? I screwing mean, both I, of them. I, I would imagine, they, where, where's Barry living now? Uh, he's, a, he's in Michigan. He's in Michigan, too. So I, I got to think, you know, Hall of Fame weekend, you guys see each other, you oh, yeah. talk, and I'm 
I'm wondering if you commiserate or like you talk to each other like, man, you retired, I retired early. I mean, we, we talk about golf more than anything. Oh, yeah, okay, okay. <laughs> See, these guys, they don't want to leave because wherever you go in Michigan, where you played, like if you stayed in Cincinnati, you'd be the, the king of all kings, right? I mean, so like that's probably another reason why you like to stay there, it's, too. Honestly, right? you know, I bought that 10,000 square foot house in Atlanta like, <laughs> like five years ago. Yeah. And then we started the business and I was like, I can't be away from business. I got to be in it yeah. and sold a house and stayed in Michigan. So and that business is primitive. So uh, so what's like? Where are you now with this thing? Like what's what's the ultimate goal? Yeah, man. Um, really, uh, it's to expand outside the state, expand our brand um, outside the state, which we're currently doing, and just continue to create new innovative products. This was just the first of which is what we have here. Um, we started in this space five years ago. Um, started in cultivation. Actually, we started getting denied. They told us we couldn't. We, they told us basically we weren't smart enough to hold a license in wow. the state, which is crazy. But um, we ended up getting licensed for about five handful of years ago and uh, started in cultivation, a manufacturing um, slash processing license next, and then we got a vertical, uh, fin- t- uh, capped off our vertical by opening up a dispensary. Um, when we finally got our vertical up and going, that was the first goal. And now, um, just to create innovative products and bring new people into this industry and just highlight the healing powers of the plant. Well, I think it's great that since you're the face of this, you're out here promoting it. You know, mm-hmm. some people get involved with your stature, kind of stay in the background, slap the name on it. I mean, you're here, you're promoting it, you're traveling. I think that's key. To that point, you know, a lot of people, a lot of celebrities you see in the business are just faces slapped on the business. You know, we started this thing from the ground up with the, you know, the premise being behind it. We were sitting on a plane coming from Italy one time on, on this little Italian football trip that we went on. And we're sitting there thinking like, man, like the way we brought our guys together to go on this trip and, and, and do some things like we could do this at a bigger scale. If we do it with the guys that we can play with, we know them, we trust them, bless, sweat and tears and all that, you know, what greater guys that you, to work with than those that you love to spend time with, that you wish that you still had that camaraderie with, you know. So that's what we're trying to do: is just build a team because we know what a good team and we know yes. what a bad team looks <laughs> like. <true. laughs> you know, so we're, we're putting that good team together uh, of people that can contribute, and um, and all that translates to um, victory for us as we're out here educating and then spreading the good news about uh, what these cannabinoids and, and plant medicine in general can do. All right, check out Primitive. That's P R I M I T I V, and Calvin Johnson's behind it. Best of luck, man. I'll be rooting for you. Thank you, guys. Great to see you again, Calvin. Always good to see you. I just witnessed my favorite conversation of 2023 so far. So Calvin was asking me about the dispensaries around New York and New Jersey and how's that going now. And I said, I said, I got to be honest with you. I don't really know. But let me get my weed guy. So I went out to get Gallo. Oh, you got a weed guy. <laughs> He's our weed guy. He's yeah. our weed guy. Yes. So I got Gallo and brought him over to Calvin, and they were going back and forth with all these weed terms I'd never heard in my life. So Calvin's like, hey, they got good flower yet? And then Gallo's like, not yet. We don't have any legacy grows. The climate really. I'm like, <laughs> what? What are you guys talking But it was awesome. It was like Gallo and Calvin Johnson having this uh, cannabis discussion. It was tremendous. That was great. So I uh, I was about to get my phone to record. I was like, oh, let me leave that alone. He's going to wind up being like the New York rep for the company. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he'll leave here. <laughs> door to door. Seems like he's an expert. Well, he is. He yeah. We should put that to use. Uh, all right. Jerry Recco is back. I'm assuming no Aaron Rodgers news since we had uh, Calvin Johnson in here. No Aaron Rodgers news. Okay. But there was. We're brought to you by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com by Jack Pocket. Play official state lottery games on your phone. I guess noon today is when this official tampering stuff can start. Uh, the Browns, according to multiple uh, reports, have restructured Deshaun Watson's contract, creating mm. nearly $36 million in cap space. Ooh, okay. 
I don't know what that means other than the Browns are trying to spend some money coming up in a few hours, so we shall see. They, they just wrote him an enormous check. That's what that means. And he's getting ready to go in, uh, for that civil trial now. Yeah. Oh, is that I true? thought that was supposed to be this month. March? Yeah, I guess so. Who the hell knows? So he only made, so last year, he, he made a million dollars. And he was and he was fined, like, up until, but but they fined him five million, actually. Okay. I, they, they ended up making more. So And they didn't give him a signing bonus last year. Just, here's a million dollars, and you're not going to play because you're going right, to get suspended. Exactly. So now this year, he probably just got a big, fat check. He just got a big, fat check if they just redid his contract. I, you know, I'm going to check on... He may have gotten a signing bonus when he signed. Okay. So the whole thing was guaranteed, as we know. Uh, the Jets Sunday, Quincy Williams, three years, $18 million. The Giants and Sterling Shepard, one year. Uh, and the Rams traded Jalen Ramsey to Miami. He did get a, he got a $45 million signing bonus. And that's literally a check for $45 million. Yes, and he got a $230 million guaranteed. That's, that's why Lamar Jackson wanted that contract. All right. He's the highest paid pervert on earth. <laughs> Yes? No? Yeah. Uh, well, I guess, uh, what, what's his name? Jeffrey Epstein used to be. Yeah, but he's dead now. Yeah. So now it's Deshaun Watson. Okay. I yeah. did think, if you're Daniel Jones, these numbers might be wrong, I forget. Well, how do they get paid? Only during the season? Or yeah, during get, the season. Or every like two normal. weeks all year long? No, no, during the season only. That's it? Yeah, it's right after the game they get paid. Unless there's a signing bonus, which or a restructuring bonus, which they get right now immediately. All right, so then that would be, let's say, 20 <clears throat> paychecks? Is that about right? Yeah, about that. Roughly. Think about what Daniel Jones, what his check just went from looking like. So oh, he's yeah. making ten times what he was making. So when yeah. I was uh, when I was making one point two million a year back in nineteen eighty seven is when I signed that contract. That was like the highest paid player in the league. I was making seventy five thousand dollars a game. So we went on strike. We what missed? I think four games. Sounds right. Right. So three hundred grand. That you lost. Yeah, so times that by 500. That's what uh, and, uh, Daniel Jones is making. It's unbelievable. I mean, so he basically, I think he gets paid like something like 800000 a game now. I think more that's what that. it is. I think it's more than that. More than that? He's making $41 million. $40 million divided, well, right, 20 games with the preseason, seven yeah. times, essentially 20 games. So $2 million a game. Oh, wow, $2 million. Right. Depending on what the signing bonus it is. It was 200000 Oh my god. Now it's two million. So I can't do math in my head. Can you imagine? They just added a zero. <laughs> good for him, man. I don't think I'm trying to what they, the signing bonus was for him. Well, we're just averaging it out. It's still pretty wild. Um, well, do I want to hear from Aaron Rodgers again? No, he hasn't signed anywhere. Oh, I'll give you one from this I Am Pro Athlete podcast that I haven't played. He got a signing bonus of $36 million. <laughs> Daniel Jones. <laughs> You've made $4 million. You made $4 million last season. Here's $36 million right now. Wow. It's beautiful. Beautiful thing. It's pretty good. Um, how was the meeting with Woody Johnson? Mm. Ah, there you go. Oh, that was, that was, you know, it's, it's always interesting meeting important figures in the sport. Yeah, it's always interesting. That's all I'm giving and that's all I'm giving you. Yeah. An important his, figures in the sport. An important figure. That's so right. Strong. I wonder if he was introduced to him as Ambassador Woodrow Johnson. Probably not. That would be a little pretentious, <laughs> don't you think? Yes. Yeah, but, yeah, but I think I think what he likes to be uh, referred to as the ambassador. Does he still? I think so. Yeah, but that's not Come his role on. anymore. Yeah, but he was. You can't. Yeah, but, but he's not. I mean, like, so if you have Governor Christie in here, do you you call him? I call him Chris. But would you refer to him as the governor? He's a former governor. 
But he still carries the that's title. That's a fair right? point. And if, if you saw a former president, you would say you still say Mr. President. No, that's true. President are you? Uh, oh, well, I'm with you on that one. Ambassador is not the same as a governor or a president. Well, listen, there are PhDs that are going by doctor. So why not? Yeah, it's true. <laughs> Ambassador Woody. Yeah, I know what he was. Very important position. (laughs) That sounds like a military-themed porno. (laughs) (laughs) Ambassador Woody. (laughs) I just Googled it. It said uh, former ambassadors like generals, judges, and many other officials are entitled by the conventions of etiquette to retain their titles for life. Yeah. I'm yeah. not calling. If I ever meet him, I'm not calling him Ambassador Woody. I think you Woody. have to say Mr. Ambassador. Ambassador Woody? I think you have to now. <laughs> That's embarrassing to say Boomer that. brought it up. Al confirmed it. You have to. You don't so have go- to. I think you should out of a sign of respect. So if we go to Florham Park and you get the ambassador on, it's he, not Hey Woodster. <laughs> he was a major in the military. You'd have to call him Major Woody. <laughs> He's so happy with himself. <laughs> You know what? If we see him in, the, we see him early on in the show. I'll go morning, Woody. <laughs> morning, Wood. <laughs> By the way, okay, that's children. probably said every day over there. Oh yeah, morning, Woody. Uh, yeah. Morning, Woody. Absolutely, morning, Woody. No, I'm <laughs> morning, Woody. Morning. It's morning, Ambassador. Are you not around that building? I'm telling you, it is. You, hold on. You're going to tell me? Is it Jared? Who's the right? Yeah, he's one of them over you there. You think yeah. he's walking around calling him Mr. Ambassador? As I, opposed I would, to, I would think so. Like I keep telling you, it's something that is now no, bestowed upon out. him the rest of his life. I, I understand that outside of the facility, but he's the jet owner first. Ambassador. Man would <laughs> ambassador second. You think Sauce Gardner's calling him ambassador? No, he's calling Mr. Johnson. No, oh, would have been so cool with no Woody. I mean, Dad, Johnson here. <laughs> Morning Wood. Two penis names like that back to back. <laughs> I really don't think about that a lot, but it's true. That's would you rather be the Wood or the Pecker? Because think about it. Like this is why I want to be called Ambassador because it's it's not Woody or Johnson. <laughs> I mean, it's a very good point. <laughs> like what's his middle name? Schweenus. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, Dick is not out of the question. <laughs> yeah, you're right. The very common name for a man of that age. Oh, uh, what is his middle name? His middle name's Richard. I'm walking out of here. <laughs> <laughs> now, that would be funny. All right. While you look that up, I will let you hear from the Lakers and the Knicks. Knicks win 112-108. Julius Randle had 33. R.J. Barrett had 30. Uh, here was Barrett on ESPN after the game. Big difference from the Clipper game on Saturday afternoon. Yeah, you know, yesterday in the beginning of the fourth, we came out kind of flat. So tonight, we just wanted to put the pressure on them right at the beginning of the fourth, you know, build a lead, and we did that. And they did that. That was on ESPN. So the Knicks 40-30 and 30 with that win. They still trail the Nets by percentage points um, in the East because the Nets beat the Nuggets 122-120. to 120. Brooklyn had seven different players in double figures, led by Mikael Bridges, um, Nick Claxton, 20 points, 5 rebounds, and 16 assists for Spencer Dinwiddie. That's 5 wins in 6 games for the Nets. College basketball been all over this uh, all morning long. You got Fairleigh Dickinson in the NCAA tournament play-in game Wednesday night against Texas Southern. Princeton, Arizona Thursday. UConn and Iona on Friday. We'll see what the deal is with Rick Pitino and St. John's once Iona either uh, 
wins the tournament or gets bounced. Uh, Rutgers did not make the NCAA tournament. There'll be a one seed in the NIT. They play Hofstra tomorrow night. Also, Seton Hall's in the NIT. They got sent out to Boulder, Colorado. What? They're playing the University of Colorado at 11 wow. p.m. New York time. Hofstra really lucked out because all I have to do is go down yeah. to New Brunswick. So. Yeah, that's uh, not so bad, actually. So it should be a good game tomorrow so, yeah, night. Princeton made it, right? Yeah, they won the Ivy League. Yep. So they are in, correct. Uh, what else? What else? What else? Spring baseball of note. The Mets lost to the Rays. The Yankees played the Red Sox to a 3-3 tie. Yes. Uh, today you got Yankees, Twins, Mets, Marlins. One from Aaron Boone. So they've got all sorts of injury issues, including this Harrison Bader now. Is, uh, first oblique. Yeah, first oblique of the year. Right. So he basically says at Boone, we got a spot available now because we got bodies down. All these guys have come in, for the most part, have, have performed pretty well here in spring training and have done a nice job to, you know, make, make those decisions a little bit more difficult for us. But, um, you know, we'll we'll piece together best we can. And we'll see where they end Does up. Does Anthony Volpe make it? Oh, man. If he doesn't, he's going to be so him. frustrated. Shouldn't he at this People point? People are going to be livid if he doesn't make it. Yeah, yeah. seriously. I, I mean, know. like, you want some excitement and some fresh faces and stuff like that. Especially for the Yankees, who are yeah. stale as hell. Correct. I mean, he just looks fun to watch. When you got prospects up doing cool things, get a little excitement. I mean, there's not enough of that with the Mets and the Yankees. I agree. It's been too long. Like, I want Francisco Alvarez in the lineup every single day for That's the Mets. going to happen. I know, but he should be. He's no, not he'll, he'll be Is he going to make the eventually. team? I think so. Well, yes, I think, he, well... You got Escobar. So you have a problem there, but Beatty deserves to be on the team. There's no question about it. Yeah. And I do think, obviously, without Correa there, this is a huge opportunity for him once that deal fell through. But the thing about it is, is that for Beatty, like, you want him playing every day, you don't want him sitting. Well, and that's the thing with Alvarez, too. Same thing. You want, you. And you want him catching and right. hitting. You want you don't want him just hitting because he needs to work on his catching skills. For sure, which is why he'll probably start a AAA. Yeah, that's what I think. Um, WBC, Mexico beat the U.S. 11-5. Penguins over the Rangers in overtime 3-2. Chris Tang, the game winner there. Devils shut out the Hurricanes 3-zip. couple of goals for Jesper Bratt. Jack Hughes scores as well on 32 saves for Vitek Vanacek. Uh, and in golf, Scotty Scheffler won the Players' Championship. It brings us to moment of the day, which is Brought to you by Casamigos Tequila. Casamigos Tequila brought to you by those who drink it. Uh, While discussing Aaron Rodgers last hour, coming to the Jets is a very strong possibility. Boomer had a good idea. When he does sign and he doesn't doesn't know anything about Tribeca, he should come down and hang out with us. Oh, my God. Imagine. We should show him all around Tribeca. (laughs) That would be just crazy. I could just see him bopping around. He's over at Westville having a little cup of tea and one of those omelets. It would be perfect. Uh, Don't you think this would be a great place for him down there? Yeah. I have Eddie show him where all the... Free parking spots are. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, he could buy your parking garage next door if he wanted to. That is very true. I mean, he's starting to sound a little bit like Eddie, Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Stay tuned. You know, he kind of has that going on. <laughs> Doesn't he? <laughs> it wouldn't be long. He's, got, he's morphing into that. Beginning of his career, he never sounded like that. The more weird crap he's doing in the offseason, it sounds like Eddie. <laughs> I don't know, we'll find that soon. <laughs> Eddie and Eric Rogers out there talking about part. Uh, this is an alternate side day. Oh, really? What does alternate side mean? Well, it means that this is street sweepers. <laughs> yeah, he'd get really screwed up by that, huh? <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. When you ask Eddie how he is, he says, as I must be. Aaron Rodgers could definitely be saying that. Oh, he'd love that. He would eat that mm. right up. Oh, I'm going to steal that. Mm. You may have it, Aaron. Mm. <laughs>
<laughs> I don't know if you're doing Aaron Rodgers or Eddie now. Well, that's what I'm saying. They're just telling they speak the same. They're just going back and forth. There you go. We should be so lucky. Oh, what a match made today. in heaven that would be. Talking about aliens and all sorts of crap and ancient history and vaccines and everything. Yeah, the idea oh. about a free podcast, Eddie and Aaron. Oh, they would love each other. They would absolutely love. Do you when you hear the Aaron Rodgers stuff? Do you feel like you two are simpatico or no? I think we would have a lot to talk about. Yeah, I, I don't know about total simpatico, but yeah. But you're a Dolphin fan. You want him here at the Jets? No, I <laughs> want Zach Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> Without knowing about this thing, I, I really when I say that this is not hyperbole. I really truly cannot believe that we are going to go off the air in 12 minutes and still Aaron Rodgers hasn't made a decision. It's it's like mind blowing to me that this is still going on. And I've said it once, I've said it a million times. If he doesn't make a decision by noon today, <laughs> then he's effing everybody. He is. And he's so unbelievably selfish. We understand that he is, and it's his career, whatever. But he is truly screwing the New York Jets if he does not make a decision by noon today. I get the New York Jets. I mean, you know, he doesn't owe the New York Jets anything. Yeah, he does. He, has, he knows he owes them an answer. He's flirted <clears throat> with them this much. He owes the Green Bay Packers. That's who he owes. 18 years, all that money, this new contract, and everything else. And as we sit here this morning... Aaron Rodgers is still on the salary cap of the Green Bay Packers to the tune of $31 million. Okay, so they need to know an answer. They need to get things out. I, I think that things have been worked out. I do. And I'm not, I wouldn't be surprised announce, you know, if, if they announced it later on today. I would not be uh, surprised about any of that. Uh, and I think they just have to make sure that all the money is right, that he gets what he wants and... Uh, the, the Jets have cap flexibility and the Green Bay Packers have, you know, a, an understanding that if we do this now before June 1st and we don't designate this as a June 2nd trade, because I guess you can do that. The, the point being is that the Packers will be hit with a $40 million cap hit this year. Mm -hmm. And I think that they could absorb that now, get it out of the way now, let Jordan Love see what he can do. And, you know, maybe the Green Bay Packers have one of the worst records in football. And if they end up with the top pick oh in the draft, God, don't good even, luck. Don't even start. Caleb Williams going to the Packers. Don't even start. I mean, and then they'd have, what, 50 years straight of great quarterbacks? Right. So we got to see how this whole, this whole 2023 season shakes out. But it's going to be an amazing situation come, mark my words, come next December when there's about three or four teams at the, at the top of the draft, mm. at the bottom of their respective divisions. That are fighting each other and trying to tank. Tank. That's exactly right. Tank, 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 and tank. Unless they, unless they do, uh, you know, like what the NHL and the NBA does and, do, and, and develop a lottery before them, which I don't think is going to happen. I liked Al's question that he posed to people on Twitter, even though he probably got a bunch of phony answers. But if you could follow one person on Twitter to break the Aaron Rodgers news, who would it be? Now, I think that there's some obvious ones. I think that Schefter's an obvious one. Rappaport. Rappaport's an obvious He's one. He's an NFL guy. He works for the NFL. There may be some sort of thing where if something like this happens, you've got to give it to the NFL guy. Okay, but remember, those are the two names that Aaron Rodgers singled out on Pat McAfee's show to say that those guys don't know bleep about me. 
Schefter and Rappaport. Maybe that's also, maybe Aaron wants to announce it on, uh, on yeah. McAfee. Mm, he may, but don't you have to tell the teams first? As opposed to telling the world first? Yeah, you know. It's, Is he going on with McAfee fun. tomorrow? It's fun to be in control, right? Yeah. You know, my answer would be, my answer would be Sauce Gardner. Because I think that he's going to know and he's not going to be able to contain himself and he's going to put it out there. Because he's already put stuff out there. Yeah. Like, hey, it's going to be a package deal. Now I can't Will tell Parks? you who. <laughs> Maybe Will Parks, too. Yeah, that'd be another one. But I, that would be, it wouldn't even be an NFL insider. So you see the dread, the Jets made a trade for the Baltimore safety last week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That affects Will Parks. That also really affects Jordan Whitehead. Mm, yeah, to, well, who did not have a great year last year. No, so, and he's got a big number. He and Corey Davis both have big numbers. Yeah. Who would you follow to get that Aaron Rodgers news? I like my answer. I, mean, I like your answer as, from a player's perspective, yeah. Yeah, he would be the guy. Wouldn't be able to contain himself. <clears throat> he would do How about that. Alan Lazard? Uh, yeah, I guess, but he's a free agent himself, right? So I'm saying, hey, I'm coming to the Jets. Yeah, it's a good one. Yeah, he definitely, I think he would, too, by the way. I think he would be here with Aaron. Well, that means that you'd get rid of Corey Davis. Yeah. See, well, this is what I hate, and this is why, you know, you don't, you never realize the ramifications or, you know, the other areas that are other people that are, in fact, affected. So maybe the Jets, and I don't know the answer to this, but maybe they just want to keep Corey Davis, mm -hmm. but the only reason they haven't cut him yet is because they're waiting on Aaron Rodgers, maybe? Yeah. And then when Aaron finally makes his decision and the Jets have to cut Corey Davis, he's now to the party late. Yeah, exactly. I mean, do, do, him, do Corey Davis, do the players right. If you don't want the player, give the player a chance right. to at least get there at the you know the initial forays of free agency. So maybe there'll be more teams interested in his services than they would be, say, two weeks from now. That's another part of this. That's another reason why he you're, needs you're to a let lot of them people. know yes. by noon today. And then uh, people think March 15th, start of the new league year, that's when you have to do it Wednesday. It's not, because you're going to see free agent deals all over the place this afternoon. And is it going to happen like that? It's because that tampering period essentially is the start of free agency. So I he's, still say those two offensive tackles are going first. Orlando Brown and McClinchy. McClinchy. Uh, I, that's what I would think. Yeah. Well, hopefully. Hargrave, maybe Hargrave from yeah. Philadelphia, the defensive tackle. Tremaine Edmonds is another big name. He's another guy, yep. Jordan Poyer, the Bills, another one. Edmonds and Poyer to the Dolphins? Both of them? Maybe. Well, Poyer talked about directly wanting to go to the Dolphins. Right. Adam Thielen's now released in a thin wide receiver market. But it just goes to show, that's why Corey Davis would want to You'd be want out to there. be out there, yeah. So it just goes to show you what happens when you pay your quarterback and the ramifications of that signing and how it impacts your salary cap and the other players on your rosters. So Aaron Rodgers, Garrett Wilson, Elijah Moore, Alan Lazard, C.J. Uzama. And Odell Beckham Jr. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> If you if you brought in Odell, you would have to get rid of another wide receiver, no? Yeah. I, I Most people feel like Odell's going to Dallas. But they weren't even at the workout. Did he even give him a prior yeah, workout? Yeah, but, you know, as Jerry Jones said, he said, I spoke to the most important person involved in this whole thing. His mother? His mother. Yeah. He, you know, Lamar Jackson's Did mom you and Odell's Jerry mom. Jones? No. Uh, Odell's mom. Yeah, I know. I'm saying both Lamar Jackson's yeah. mom and Odell's mm -hmm. mom control their situation. Well, could you imagine Jerry talking to Odell's mom? 
Yeah, I could actually. Right, and, and just and telling her like, don't don't worry about it. We're bringing them in. Right, you got to sit in my box if you want. You know, and the oh, whole yeah, thing. Of course, yeah. Helicopters, private jets, <laughs> my two hundred foot yacht, three hundred foot, three sorry, three hundred foot yacht. Yes. There's so we're not going to find out today that Aaron Rodgers is trying to force himself to an NFC team. We're not going to find no. that out. No. I'm talking just see smoke that. fire, baby. I can see fire. that happening. No. A dark horse has emerged in the Aaron Rodgers sweepstakes. Can't you just feel that? Aaron, it is believed that Aaron would like to go play on the West Coast. He doesn't want to come to the Jets. It, now the question is, will the Packers trade him you know, to the 49ers? No, 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 no. He, listen, the last thing he wants to do, he wants to leave Green Bay with legacy intact and do it the right way. And you don't want to screw the team that you're leaving and the fan base that has supported you after all these years and everything that's gone on there. See, I don't think he looks at it like that. I think I he do. looks at I it do. like the organization that did him wrong. No, I think he I think he's very sensitive to the fan base. I really do. That's a long time, man. Like Tom Brady kinda, you know, politically got himself out of New England after eighteen years. Mm -hmm. It was a long time there, and he was on a quest to go win a Super Bowl to prove that he had a lot left in the tank and that he could win without Bill Belichick. Three years, uh, you know, basically played his ass off for three years, brought relevancy to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and left the legacy down there that just winning one Super Bowl would have been awesome. Yeah. But the fact that he won all the other Super Bowls and won one without Bill Belichick, that's like... I'm done. Well, that's when Giselle said, what else do you have to prove? That's what she said. She was caught by NFL Films cameras saying that to him when he won the Super Bowl. What else do you have to prove? And he went back for more. Maybe he will. Maybe he'll continue to go back. He's not more. doing it. I, I, as confident as you are that Aaron Rodgers is a jet, I'm just confident Tom Brady's never playing again. Okay. He's not. He's done. He got that kitten for his daughter. He's the, the whole thing. You think he's not coming back because he got a kitten for his daughter? That's what he told us. Well, that's what he said on Twitter. Like I can't leave this kitten in my door. How about, how about this? Yeah. <clears throat> how about the fact that, you know, Tua is very brittle? Yeah, fifth-year option. Right, so they picked it up, mm -hmm. but he's brittle. Mm -hmm. And he goes down. And then Tom's just right there in Miami, in Tom. shape. In shape, ready to roll. Michigan men, Stephen Ross, Tom Brady, bada-boom, bada-bing. All right, I'll give that? you that one. You'll give me that one? I'll give you that one. Yeah. Okay. Possibility.